Hello world and welcome to Cartridge Club Portable. No wait, Cartridge Club Prime? No, Cartridge, just Cartridge Club now. Cartridge Club Portable doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. But this month, we're bringing back Cartridge Club Portable. What do I say? I don't know. Hello world, welcome to Cartridge Club or Cartridge Club Portable. I'm your host, Curtis Freisel, and this month we are celebrating March Madness. I got some guests along with me. We're doing this crazy video style. Check this out to my, oh gosh, this side. I got Fitnat. Thanks for being here (laughs) with the coolest headphones in the room. Yeah, thanks, Razor, for not looking ridiculous on stream at all. (laughs) Uh, We got, uh, let's see, where is this? Uh, Down here, we got Jeremy Threeb. Am I saying that right? 3EB, the resident Third Eye Blind super fan. I always say it oh, wrong. You're a third eye black yeah. super fan? Yeah. Can I you know, graduate? My friend works with them. <laughs> no way, really? Like oh currently? Gosh. Well, hey, let's talk after the show. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Go I, back I, had, I had no idea. I didn't know it was a third eye blind thing. It makes complete sense now. Yep, for sure. Oh my gosh. Nice to be. And down below, we got the expert himself, Mr. Matt Bandy. How expert, you huh? I'm doing good. Expert, expert, and an expert on what you say? Well, this March Madness, see, we used to do something on the Cartridge Club Portable called March Madness, where I would pick a system, and I said, you can play anything on that system, right? We did uh, we did LCD handhelds one time, so like Game & Watches. We did uh, Game Boy Advance one year. Um, I think we did a, a DS one year. Well, this year, we're bringing back March Madness. We're doing something a little bit different. Instead of picking a console, we're picking a franchise. And you out there in Cartridge Club land have spoken, and you guys wanted to play Castlevania games. And that's exactly what Matt Bandy is an expert on, portable Castlevania games. And let me tell you, whoo, there is a lot of them out there. In case you didn't know, I've been doing research all month, and I had no idea how many. I'm hoping out there I'm surprising some of you guys with what I'm about to show, because some of these games I never even heard of. I, I, I think there's more than 20 that we're going to be covering. Let me tell you that right now. So buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride. You guys ready to talk about some Cartridge Club uh, portable Castlevania games? Oh, yeah. Well, let's yeah. jump into it. <laughs> At least I'm, I'm glad someone here is an expert. I don't know if I'm an expert. <laughs> You're an expert, it is Matt, my, Andy. Well, it, it's my favorite franchise of all time, and some of the handheld you know, or I've, I've played, I played most of the Nintendo ones. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm an expert more than a super fan. Super fan. Is this, yeah. this is your favorite? You said this was your favorite franchise, right? Or favorite? It's my favorite video game franchise. Yeah. How many of them do you, how many Castlevania games do you own? Fourteen, uh, 15, 15. Admirable, admirable. 16? No, 16. 16, I What about you, uh, Jeremy3EB? Where do you stand on Castlevania? Well, so I was just trying to, you know, tabulate in my head. I think I'm at eight, so I'm only half as much of a fan as uh, Bandy is. But basically, the only games that I really, like, really, truly enjoy from the series are the, like, Metroidvania style, like, Symphony of the Night style games. So I like that. Yeah, anything outside of those, like, you know, I'll play it for a little bit. But, um, you know, especially in my older years, I find them to be too frustrating. (laughs) What do you think it is about the Metroidvania games versus the, uh, like, original style 
that you you're attracted to more well i'm a big rpg fan so i think you know just the you know stat gains and and um the different weapons you can get especially in the later ones for the ds um you know kind of attract me to that uh i also think um you know having those hit points and stuff like you know not dying in eight to ten hits or whatever it is in the you have in the nes games and super nintendo games um you know kind of uh you know is, is more palatable for me i guess mm. I, I would say put it that way yeah yeah fitnat yeah. what about you where do you stand what's what's your love affair with castlevania look like uh, i mostly hit the uh metroidvania ones as well but uh i actually haven't played that many before this month uh for some reason, I started with Castlevania 4, Super Castlevania 4. I don't know when. I feel like I played it as a kid, but I might have also just gotten it from eBay when I started collecting over a decade ago. I have no idea. Either way, I was weirdly uh, biased against that style because of that game for so long, and I do not know why. But then when the club did Symphony of the Night, it just kind of awakened my interest in that part of the franchise, and I ended up really enjoying it and probably enjoying it more. So I got really into that from there. Covered the other missing piece of my Metroidvania history when they did uh, Super Metroid. And now, played a couple more for this. Well, phenomenal. Awesome. I should point out, too, if you're out there, you're hardcore cartridge clubber, you probably came into this thinking, wait a second, didn't they do the, the advanced collection on the Switch and the PS4 and all that jazz? Technically, yes, because those are all portable games. But the original plan was to do every portable game, and you could play whatever. But somewhere along the line, the wires got crossed. Uh, that's the one that got promoted, and here we are. So bonus to you, you're getting like 20 other games on top of the three that you thought we were going to be talking about. So we got <laughs> that going. Uh, my history with Castlevania is I'm not a big fan of the franchise. That's why I, I know, I know, I know. Surprise. surprise. Uh, I've tried the old games. Cannot get into the old style to save my life. I have no nostalgia for it. I didn't grow up with any of them. Even the Super Nintendo, I didn't play until I was an adult. Uh, uh, the Super Castlevania 4. Um, and then, you know, you got these. So that's like the one half. Then the other half, you got all the Metroidvania style games. And uh, I, I started with Symphony of the Night. And um, it didn't do it for me. Again, no nostalgia. I felt that was, I, I almost felt it was too easy. And I don't know. It didn't, it didn't light that fire inside of me that I thought it would. Um, since then, I have played a couple more Castlevania games, and we'll find out if they changed my mind about the Castlevania franchise as a whole. But before we get there, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Does any of you know the very first portable Castlevania game? <laughs> the Adventurer? On the Game Boy. Yeah, but I am assuming that's wrong as soon as it came out of my I, mouth. I feel like there's a secret. You fell I, right I, into I, my trap. I, I, I feel like it is. That is correct. Yeah. You would think so because that's the most widely known one on the Game Boy. Uh, but you would be mistaken because that came out in 1989 and there was not one but two games that preceded it in 1988. And the very first Castlevania portable game was actually an LCD watch oh can you believe it based on castlevania 2 simon's quest huh. and if i'm not mistaken i think i have let's see do i have 
honoring the legacy and quality of that entry. Let's say that again. <laughs> honoring the legacy and quality of that entry. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I think I have video of the watch. Do I have? Maybe I don't. Let's see. No, I don't. I couldn't find video of the watch in action. Unfortunately, you'll just have to do with uh, some pictures. But that was the very first one based on Castlevania II, Simon, uh, Simon's Quest. Miraculously enough, these LCD games, it's, it blows my mind because I always think of them as these simple, like, high score games, right? And this one had four stages, uh, which blows my mind that it had stages that led up to a final confrontation with Dracula. And the only thing that was really different about the stages is increasing difficulty of uh, enemies. And the only weapons you had was a whip and a silver knife. Now, I'm guessing none of you have played this LCD watch that makes history as the first Castlevania portable game. I, I didn't yes, even sir. know about it. I Neither did I. Neither did I. And it looks uh, it looks pretty cool. Have you ever played any of these those LCD watch things? No, everybody, I can't say that I have. Everybody's abandoning. <laughs> no. <laughs> I had a Sonic <laughs> when I was a kid, and they're terrible. I don't know how anyone would play that. So it's probably best out there. Uh, unless you're a collector, I don't think you need to play that one. Can we all agree that's probably skippable? Yeah, the LCD sure. games are are a thing that only collectors probably care about. Does it uh, tell time, or is it uh, just a game watch? Now, that is a great question. I think it might also be a watch, because I. That, it seems like what a terrible idea to release something that it looks like a watch and isn't a watch, but I could be wrong. Could yeah, be it's wrong. Simon's Quest. If it does tell time, it's probably wrong. Well, there you go. <laughs> no matter what you said it to. I'm sorry, anyone that actually likes Simon's Quest. I haven't played it enough, but it's an easy joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, followed up in 1988 as well after the watch came the proper tiger electronics handheld of castlevania 2 simon's quest uh, now this is uh what most people are familiar with the old tiger electronic handhelds and in fact you're lucky enough while we talk about this i will play uh some video footage of that so here we go this is not me by the way uh this mm -hmm. comes courtesy of east exit japan merchant on youtube so thank you for letting me uh, Use this footage. Look that at that. Wa that walk cycle. <laughs> I know, right? And so now this one is similar to the watch in that I believe there was uh, uh, four levels. There might have been a couple different enemies. Um, and apparently this was only sold in Toys R Us if the rumor and innuendo is to be believed. Did any of you ever play this one? No. I've always wanted that one just because of it being a Castlevania game or but uh, I I have a Double Dragon 2 um, Tiger like electronic handheld that uh, I used to play quite a bit as a kid but that's pretty much my only uh, experience with those I love this I mean the art's always really cool on these Tiger electronic handhelds mm -hmm. but um, you know I'm really impressed that this even has a life bar on the upper right corner of the screen you can see he's got a life bar, uh, Simon. Really crazy. Really inventive yeah. stuff. You know, this does actually look kind of familiar now that I'm looking at it. The only Tiger handheld game that I recall having like a lot of experience with is like World Series Baseball or whatever um, that was called. But this looks really familiar. 
It's interesting. Yeah. It, huh. it, it just blows my mind how they were able to translate these games into a, a Tiger Electronic. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not, uh, it's not anything crazy, but man, look, it looks cool. It looks cool. I yeah. Can... It's, it's oddly impressive. If you think about it, like they are very simple and the results weren't very good, but like for what they had to work with, and I'm sure the minuscule, like probably $10 budget, they had to build these things. That's yeah. actually pretty inventive. Like to try mm -hmm. and figure all that out, to do so much with so little. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're replayable, but they are an interesting curiosity. And the funny thing is, this is probably better than the actual Simon's Quest on the NES. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, for, come for on. what it is, maybe. Maybe uh, for maybe. what it is. But to be fair, that was mostly down to a bad translation. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my question is, what's the soundtrack like on on this uh, handheld? Probably <laughs> better than at least you know one entry on this list. Here, let's, uh, I have the volume down. Let's see if you hear anything. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That classic Castlevania sound. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it probably plays a little jingle uh, at the end of a level or when you die. I'm yeah. <laughs> Hard to say, but that's uh, that's what the Castlevania Tiger Electronic handheld looked like. So those were the first two games in 88. Moving into 1989, now we get to what uh, Fitnet uh, aforementioned, which was Castlevania The Adventure on Game Boy. Now, everybody's familiar with this one, right? This is pretty common. I, I always, when you're hunting for Game Boy games, you, exactly, you always see that one out there. Let's get you, uh, mm -hmm. let's make you, you make solo layout. There you go. There you go. That's great. Yeah. Um, exit solo layout. So, yeah, uh, Matt Bandy, you brought it up or you're, you're showing it. What do you think of Castlevania mm -hmm. the Adventure? Um, this one I did not play as a kid. I played uh, Revenge. Uh, so I played this one as an adult. And, um, you know, I, it's it's slow it um it doesn't control very well and uh there's a few jumps in the game where it kind of makes it uh, almost broken to where it's really really hard to get past a certain point blind and, jumps uh, no just like um far um, far jumps yeah awkward jumps i played just enough to know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah well this one you uh don't actually play as simon belmont you play as christopher Belmont, because uh, this takes place a, a century before the original Castlevania, and you're, you're still on the quest to defeat Dracula. It's got four levels, and it is known for its extremely slow gameplay, as Matt yeah. mentioned, and it has no sub-weapons. You just got the whip. That's it. I think you can shoot a fireball out of the whip. Which is a, a, yeah. a upgrade of the whip. Yeah. yeah. Max health hmm. with the full upgrade. You get that, I think. Yeah. There's not a lot to remember as it is a Game Boy game, but I remember that much. Yeah, the uh, the definitely the humble beginnings of the Castlevania Castlevania Portable games. It was uh, re-released in 1999 on the Game Boy Color in Japan as part of Konami's mm -hmm. Game Boy Collection Volume 1, which is, those are neat little games in and of itself, uh, if, if you haven't heard of those. And then it was also remade, um, it was a loose remake for WiiWare, in 2009 called castlevania the adventure rebirth 
Uh, dang it. I, that's no longer available, is it? No. Uh, no. Yeah, that's a one bummer. Might Unless not you be. downloaded it before the WiiWare went out. Yeah. yeah. I don't have that. That sucks. So that one actually added two more stages, had five sub weapons, and it was received better than the original. I don't know how much better, but, uh, you know, it was it was uh, deemed an improvement, if anything. A high bar, high bar to clear, for sure. Yeah. Did you, any of you play the WiiWare one, Matt? Never never got a chance? Did you not listen to what I just said? Oh, you just... I, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking other people. I didn't... I'm sorry. I'm trying to do like 20 things at once. <laughs> All right. I'll forgive you. Or at least okay, more man. than 20 games. Yeah. <laughs> that's all so well then we have no more to say about castlevania the adventure rebirth uh, or castlevania adventure let's move from 89 to 1991 castlevania 2 belmont's revenge now this have, yes oh let's get matt yeah see i don't even need pictures i got i got matt bandy this is my uh my childhood best friend's copy he gave it to me Nice. Yeah. How did what what how did that happen? You told him I wanted it, and he gave it to you. Is there a story there? No. He, once I started uh, collecting stuff again, uh, he sent me some of his old Game Boy games, and this was the one I played as a kid too, because uh, we shared a bunch of uh, games together. It's one of the few cool. that I have played. What do you what do you think about it? Man. Yeah, it's definitely an improvement from from the first. You know, they kind of fixed the speed issue with the sub weapons, and it feels more like a castlevania game absolutely jeremy you played that one no sir <laughs> you haven't played any of the game boy ones that's okay i have one in the collection i don't know which one it is but uh i haven't played it whatever it is i haven't played it. <laughs> yeah so i'll tell you right now if you're gonna get one of the game boy ones uh this is the one to get it, it okay. really it, it's a vast improvement over the original it's really cool it is a sequel to the castlevania adventure so you're playing as christopher belmont again um but it's really cool because you it has like a mega man style where you get to pick there's like four stages initially uh to to choose from so even if you completely suck at the game and this is partly why i love mega man games even if you suck you can still play a lot of the game without accomplishing anything you know oh, nice. you play all the different stages um and yes, they did fix the speed. It's much quicker. Fitnat, did you uh, play the second one? It is the second of the two that are on the anniversary collection. So yes, it is an improvement over the adventure for sure. I still didn't play a whole ton of it, mostly because I sucked at all of it. <laughs> but uh, it is interesting. There are yeah. a few moments that are kind of confusing, like if you should go up or down on the uh, ropes and other just odd enemy placements. Yeah, and I only played like one or two stages for one play session, so I don't really have a lot to contribute to that, unfortunately. Well, I'm going to give it thumbs up for sure. Seek that one out if you're looking for any of the Game Boy ones. Unless, of course, you count this next one, which is pretty fun, and I will say might be the best Game Boy one, although technically it's not a Castlevania game, and that's Kid Dracula. On the Game Boy. Now, Matt Bandy, you got Kid Dracula to, to throw? No, I wish, I wish I could hold that one up. I have Kid Dracula in the closet. I should go grab it and pull it out. <laughs> uh, so this came out in 93. Uh, this is a, a sequel 
uh, slash reimagining of the of the original Kid Dracula from the Famicom. So uh, much like if you've ever played any of the Disney uh, Capcom games like DuckTales or Darkwing Duck on the Game Boy, it's almost like a just a smaller version of the same game. And I've played both Kid Dracula on the Famicom and both. And yeah, it's it's almost the exact same. Um, you play as Kid Dracula, who is Dracula's son, through eight stages, ultimately battling Garamoth the Magnificent. Um, and I love it. It's really good. It's uh, And it's expensive. It's highly collectible. I don't even know what it goes for now. Probably it's got to be north of $150 as of this recording. Um, so I don't know if it's worth it that much. Did they? No, they... Did they put Kid Dracula on the anniversary collection? I thought they had for the Game Boy, but it was the NES version. But I Is did the... play that a little bit, and it was pretty fun. And you hit it on the head with the Disney games. I could not figure out what it was reminding me of. Yeah, but it was very much mm-hmm. like Disney NES era. The mm-hmm. only other like comparison I could think of was Mega Man ish. Yeah. But again, the, I played the, a little stages, bit. The stages are very Mega Man ish with the platforming weapons uh, and just like the overall kind of look and style of it is is very yes. and again if if you only have the f- anniversary collection to play the famicom one i think that's a fine i mean that's the better version probably than yeah the Game and Boy it's version. translated into english which it probably hadn't been before that's a good point i mean we're not talking about the console versions because this is a cartridge club portable it's but, the uh, only one i can talk about <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really good and then we sink back down. The last one that was released on the Game Boy. This came in 1997 uh, in Japan, 1998 in North America. And this is Castlevania Legends. Now, this one's also a little up there price-wise and collectability-wise. Oh, man, Vandy's got it. Man, Vandy's got it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> now, this, uh, this game, mythos-wise, is... Uh, Interesting. It's the, originally the origin of the feud between Dracula and the Belmont family, or as it was supposed to be. I mean, it is what it is, but um, later on down the line, they retconned this game from the official timeline. Yeah. Um, so at the time, it was really cool, uh, but now it's considered an alternate timeline. You know how Zelda, the Zelda timeline, has the, all the different alternate paths? Well, there's like a main one of Castlevania. I never knew this until I was doing my research. Like a main one for Castlevania. And this is on the other track. This one doesn't count. Um, you played Castlevania Legends, Matt Bandy? I haven't spent much time with it at all. You know, I own it. Haven't played a lot of it, but I, I know the general consensus is that it's not very good. Um, yeah. However, it is notable as you play as a female, uh, Sonia Belmont. It's got six stages. It was uh, it was actually released after Symphony of the Night, uh, so some of the levels have alternate branching pathways, but it's still kind of like the the original Castlevania style. So they hadn't quite got the Metroidvania, but this is the beginning. So it is interesting uh, in that the Metroidvania style is is creeping in. You can see it right around the corner, but that does not uh, a good game make. One of a very small number of games in this list that's going to come up to feature a woman in the lead, much less not kidnapped. Uh, this is hmm. true. This is true. And one of uh, one of three games that have uh, female leads. You guys remember the uh, uh, game.com? 
Game.com. It was I mean, a... I don't think I've ever been to that site. It, no. No, no, it was a thing. The Game.com. No, I know. My very funny joke went over your head. Oh. <laughs> I'll pipe in uh, laughter in post. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to that site. It, no, no, it was a thing. The Game.com. So this was announced, I guess, but never actually released. It was canceled, and it was Castlevania Symphony of the Night on the Gamecom. Um, and I had some awesome pictures that I was going to show you guys, but I'm going to have to edit them in in post. But it looked like this. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, right? Crazy. Can you believe that they translated Castlevania Symphony of the Night to this crappy Gamecom system? And it was originally planned to be online only, which it it feels like a lot of bad ideas all together for this thing. It's pro- probably good oh, that yeah. they canceled it ahead of its time for all the wrong reasons. I mean, just like what, why, why? But I love this because this is like when you see footage of Resident Evil on like the Game Boy, and I'm like, I, I it's so cool to see them attempt to do something so technically complex on like a simple system like that. And that's kind of what this was and what you saw in those amazing pictures that I showed you. So that's why you're all blown away right now. Okay. Okay. We're out of, we're out of 97. We're into 98 and we got another video for you guys. Now this is cool. It's our second and last tiger electronic handheld. And that is Castlevania symphony of the night. Did you know that this, uh, this came out? Oh, no. Oh, wow, that's Wait. right. Or drawing, I guess. Was that one of the like the black ones that kind of looked more like a, a GBA? Um, no, not I, like that. Not I, the uh, the white border. I think it was black, but I. Wait, okay, no, that okay, that that was a claims version. That was uh, they had that. Yeah, this still looks like a proper. Uh, Tiger handheld. Okay. Tiger handheld. Yeah. Did they take the character sheet from like a Lord of the Rings game for the main character? I know. Doesn't it look like Frodo? It looks like Frodo. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Not like Alucard, at least. Uh, but really cool. This also very collectible, very expensive out there if you're looking to collect the uh, Castlevania portable games. But how cool is it that Symphony of the Night got a Tiger handheld release? I just think that's awesome. What year was that? Ninety. Um, this was ninety-eight. Yeah. I honestly think the Simon's Quest one was more impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not seeing a whole lot here, but let's see what, what what's going on in this one. So, by the way, this video is uh, courtesy of Mr. Vile on YouTube. Um, this game is a simplified version of Symphony of the Night, where you play as Alucard, son of Dracula, who must confront his father when Richter Belmont mysteriously disappears. So, pretty much the same same uh, deal as the game. I had I only had four stages, and again, only released at Toys R Us, supposedly. Hmm. So it's probably why these are a little bit harder to find. But um, I am fascinated by this. Uh, we're we're going to move on, but man, I am just like, I could watch. I could oh, watch. Oh, so got a little bigger. Hypnotic. Hypnotic. Oh man, those. I'll I'll call them animations for lack of a better word, but they are just amusing as hell. If nothing else, it is amusing. Now, I, you know, this, this entire video is like six minutes long or eight minutes long. Okay, so here's a boss fight. Here we go. I was like, I wanted to see what when you got to, okay. 
I went back a little bit just to see if we could see the beginning. Okay, here's okay. boss. I was wondering because that would have been a very short boss fight otherwise. There you go. Because I think this might be the whole game in like. It looks minutes. like he grows four feet when he's up on the. Uh, and that was it. The top level there. Let's see. Oh, you're right. Well, he's like he's standing up. He's no longer Frodo. Mm -hmm. It's Legolas. Yeah. With a sword. So there you go. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, okay. Now now we're getting to the, the meat and potatoes of what everyone has come here to talk about. We're moving to the Game Boy Advance. 2001 Castlevania Circle of the Moon. And I believe Matt Banny's probably retrieving it right uh, now. Yeah, oh, my goodness. Look at that. Wow. He's got it complete in a box. When'd you get that? I do oh, a long time ago. Well, yeah. about maybe like uh, eight years ago, maybe. That's still a while ago, especially in terms of prices. That yeah, I bet, yeah. the time to get Good it. Time probably. to get it. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask how much you paid for it eight years ago? Actually, you know what I did? I had the uh, the games themselves, and someone was selling the uh, just the boxes. And I did a, a bulk deal with him for all three of the all three of the uh, GBA boxes for like a hundred bucks, I think. So talk to me about Circle of the Moon. Fit now, you played Circle of the Moon. Yes, that's the first one is I actually played all of. Uh, <laughs> I actually liked it way more than I thought I would. Like I thought I would enjoy it, but it was actually impressive to me because you wouldn't think of it being a launch title and I can't remember if it was that one or Harmony or just which one of those was the one that was like heavily derided by people. And from a little uh, bit of like reviews, it would be I looked Harmony. up. Harmony yeah. was the one, yeah. I mean, which one was rightfully versus which one was in general. But people do apparently have issues with Circle of the Moon, like probably that there's no backdash, which I just didn't even register to me for some reason until I went back to it after the other two. But, uh, I actually really liked the movement options outside of that, like the abilities you get throughout the game. It, other than pushing the box, that's always stupid. But other <laughs> than that, like the, the high jumps are always fun. The, kind of, the wall jumping one wall to the other and crushing the, uh, the blocks. Those that was always satisfying, and the dash was good, like the forward dash. A little annoying to have to double tap forward every single time you want to run, but a lot better than the initial walk speed. Thumbs up, thumbs yeah, my, down. Yeah, this, is a, this is a fun game. Yeah, my yeah. my only gripe with this game was that uh, it was a little dark as far as uh, visually. It's some of the early, like when you're in the caves, it's kind of hard to uh, uh, distinguish. Um, um, some of the, uh, not the level, but it's just kind of hard to see, um, details. compared to the other games, the details and the, it definitely lightens up a little bit in some of the later yeah. re releases that it's yeah, that's, difficult to, to see sometimes. Yeah. As are most games on like non backlit screens, but, uh, yeah, well, yeah even, I, even though, even on like a backlit, it's still kind of dark compared to the other ones. That's my, that's my only beef with that game. Yeah. Uh, like the when the levels would transform a bit, like when you'd do the stairs, like you'd hit a switch and the stairs would come down or go up. Those were annoying. Like when you like do the really slow transitions. 
And uh, I'm just looking at my notes because this is the first game I actually have notes for. But uh, <laughs> one thing I didn't realize you could do until after I beat the game, and I found it out by accident when I tried to do a little bit of grinding afterward to try and get some of the cards I missed, which I didn't end up doing because the only two I was missing was in the battle arena. But uh, you can spin the whip by holding down the attack button. I had no idea that would have been so useful for projectiles and stuff. Just very annoyed that I didn't discover that until after. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so speaking of stuff like that, so I actually had to go through the manual because I got stuck on one section of it because I didn't realize you had a slide movement, you know, pressing uh, down and what jump or something like that. I can't recall what the button yeah. combination is, but basically got stuck at a certain point and had no idea what to do or where to go. So I went back to check the manual, realized that this entire time I was missing a, a move. You know, this had the um, card system in it, right? DSS, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I didn't. I got to probably. I played this game, by the way. Uh, this got to <sighs> way at way towards the end. I was probably like two thirds to three quarters of the way through before I realized how to like manipulate the card thing to work for me. I guess I just didn't feel the need to to use it. I think it was one of the bosses was giving me guff. And I looked up like, what is the best way to do it? And they were like, oh, use this card combination. It was um, the uh, twin the, dragons, like, zombie dragon yeah. one. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that one was annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I had to get like a some card combination that gave me like a bit more shielding. Yeah. Um, and. I used the probably the flame sword at the time for that boss, just to get that verticality without having to use all the specials, all like mm-hmm. the special items. But uh, I'm with you with not getting to the card system until way later, like not like way late into the game. But it took me a while to actually bother with figuring it out. Yeah. So I was yeah. the opposite. I got into it really early on, and then as the game progressed, I pretty much only used like you know three combinations: uh, luck increase. Uh, heart increase and uh health um restoration yeah so it was by the notes, end i wasn't even figuring it out at all yeah my notes just i have it set yeah excuse me i have it just written down that i only really used the swords like the flame sword and the rose sword and stationary healing and luck boost those were the most common things i used in terms of the card system <clears throat> i ended up someone in the discord i don't remember who but mentioned a poison cloud that just kind of spurted poison out constantly around you. And I tried to use that a little bit when I was grinding certain enemies, just trying to get through areas. But yeah, I just mainly stuck to anything that was like immediately useful, not anything super creative. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I'd, I'd like to touch on about these uh, the GBA and the uh, DS games is how customizable they are as far as uh, like the battle system and like the weapon system it's almost overwhelming sometimes all the different type of combinations and uh that's for me to get past that it's 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 kind of hard to like i want to kind of discover them all or try them all out but it's so kind of daunting sometimes and you just kind of i would just pick like okay this works for me i'm not gonna dig too deep into this but 
if you want to, it's there. And um, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I yeah. think for all three, that kind of stands. Like, once you get a certain amount of abilities, you just try to scroll through them all, and you're like, you just start to kind of glaze over. And you're like, okay, I'll stick with these, because I know these, yeah. and these are immediately useful. It's yeah. good to have the variety, but it can be a bit much. Or yeah. a lot much, in terms of the souls and Aria, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Like I was saying with the DSS combos, I went back to my game uh, earlier today, and realized like the back half of the cards that you obtain i had i didn't even try to figure out what they did like they still had question marks on them just because you know i wanted that luck boost as i was exploring through the game to get item drops and everything um or you know relying on the uh boomerang cross uh sub weapon so much that i needed hearts all the time so you know basically traversing through areas with either luck or extra or double hearts um activated so you know not even needing you know, the back half of whatever uh, combos you would gain later in the game. Yeah, for some reason, that just reminded me, like, there's no merchants or currency in this game either, which made it really annoying to get potions. Like, <laughs> that I was most, very I difficult. Mo uh -huh. I mostly didn't bother, which is why I could not get through the battle arena, other than it just being annoying as hell. Yeah, <laughs> Just in yeah. terms of just constantly bombarded by enemies. Yeah, The I battle just... arena, was that the, the boss rush? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. sort, of. It's, sort of. It was like a survival... Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, like it's been, a, it's been a, quite a while since I played this. Yeah, one. it's like seventeen yeah. rooms with different enemies, and they're like powered yeah. up and everything. Yeah. I got to the room with all the minotaurs, and that was about as far as I could go. Yeah, that, on my first try, that's how far I got. Um, and then uh, earlier this week, you know, trying to refresh myself on it, um, I got I think two rooms further, but without the ability to, like you said, buy potions uh, or anything. You know, having to grind it out, like I just didn't really feel like spending the time. Uh, doing yeah. that, especially, you know, given that I'd already beaten the game and everything. So yeah. um, I think with the ability to buy potions, I definitely would have just like stocked up and gone through it. But then, you know, the challenge would have been negated a little bit. Right. Yeah. But at least you would have had a fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Rondo Gaming actually got through it. And I don't know how he did that, but he did. <laughs> he just kind of robot beats all these games anyway. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea how he does most of the games he beats in the how little time he beats games yeah yeah the thing i don't like about like the the battle arena too is so many games do this by the time you get to that and what you earn from like surviving it doesn't matter at that point like it comes yeah. so late and you're like like i don't want to go through this now like i'm i'm happy with where i'm at like i'm gonna go beat dracula right now i don't need this crap you know and yeah. then you fight dracula and then you're absolutely done with the game because you never want to play it again exactly <laughs> Oh yeah. Is that is this the one where he there's like how many different forms does he have? Two? Three. Three. Oh three. Like, okay. like there's the one that's three? the standard fight with the fireballs and the glowing yeah. orbs yeah. of lava or whatever the hell they are. I have not th I, tried to think about what they actually are supposed to be until this second. But either way. I'm I'm trying to think because I've beaten all these games, but this one has been a long time since I played it. And I think if I remember I'm spamming like a jump where I'm constantly hitting oh, yeah. against the, the, uh, the, the ceiling, ceiling to avoid. Yeah. You had to, because in the second form, when he's like the more like big devil form, yeah, he does it's pretty, this it's, big, it's pretty tough, right? Yeah. He does this. Yeah. He, yeah, he does this move where he just kind of rockets across the screen all the way. And he will kind of follow you. Yes. You have to do that. Uh, the Griffin jump or whatever mm -hmm. the, heck yeah. the ability is called. 
the straight up into the air big leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do that, and you have to time it perfectly almost, because he will follow you up if you do it at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. That took so long. And then he goes into his third form, where he's like an yeah. eye covered in bats that come after you, oh. which yeah, yeah. you have to jump just to get to him. That's that was right. the only time in any of these three that I really utilized the quick saves on the advanced collection because I just did not want to keep running back to the room. This yeah, one... uh, I forgot that that there, there was that third form. Uh, I, I recall that now. The um, eyeball surrounded by the bats. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. I hate oh, that. that's the so last much. one. I, yeah. I brought back mm-hmm. the memories you suppressed. Yeah, thank you. Was so hard. I had to do that so many times. Mm-hmm. That last and. I think, gosh, what did I end up doing? I forget what my final uh, strategy was, but I, and I think I had to use a certain card combination to do it. I don't remember now, but man, that gave me some, some pause. Um, I I will say though, overall circle of the moon is the one I'm going to be able to talk about the most. Um, So I'm going to just let it all out right now. Uh, I, I really dug this game. This was the first, castlevania game that got me on board like the problems i had with symphony of the night i felt were corrected in this surprisingly enough where uh the the platforming was legit um the boss fights never felt unfair they felt challenging but beatable you know like you 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 just got that last one (laughs) yeah that was crazy but i but i really enjoyed the challenge like sometimes the challenge feels like unbelievably hard for no reason this felt like all right i just need to keep working at it and i can get it um and i really liked the the layout of the castle that was great one of the things i don't really like about symphony of the night is the castle's very like boring like there's no platforming sure there you're jumping around and stuff but there's not there's not any hard platforming so to speak in a lot of that game from what i remember um but yeah circle the moon really dug it this one Mm -hmm. this one got me back on board with uh castlevania and now i am actually like this close to pulling the trigger on actually getting the uh advanced collection uh, mm-hmm. because of circle i have circle the moon uh, the cartridge like matt has um, so yeah oh having the advanced collection would have made that game so much easier because you get told on the side like the there's these little pop-ups that tell you when you hit an enemy if you have the soul the soul or the card from them or not Yeah, yeah and there's just little things like that and oh. that help. I don't remember like what actual other features are in there off the top of my head, but it was always nice. Like as kind of tedious as it gets, like every single time you hit an enemy, just their name like constantly on the side of the screen. It doesn't block gameplay or anything, but you just kind of have that constantly in your side of your vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it lets you know if you have the card or not. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's that's great. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so- and I, I didn't know uh, until just a little bit ago that it was a, a GBA launch title. Um, yeah, I, I got to admit, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, you know it's a very high quality game for you know something that came out like right at the start of the GBA. That's very surprising to learn. Yeah, it is impressive for that. Fun fact too: Did you know this is the only Game Boy Advance game where Dracula physically appears? If you don't like, not counting the NES port on the Game Boy Advance, but like the original Castlevania games. This is the only one where we actually see Dracula. Yeah, that um, makes sense. 
fun, just, fun little tidbit I found. Well, he got it in while he was there, and then he just left you with the painful memories and didn't come yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, uh, I have a little commercial break for you that I accidentally started to play. I meant to play this earlier, um, but uh, I managed to find. You know, we got game trailers now. They're very easy to find. But back in the day, before game trailers, you actually had to have real commercials, right, for games. And I managed to find one commercial for Castlevania the Adventure on Game Boy. And uh, I'm going to play that for us right now. A little commercial break. Konami's Castlevania the Adventure for Nintendo's Game Boy. Maze of vampire clips and unearthly evils, it is about to sink its fangs into you. Blah. And that's it. I th- think you might need to edit in a better quality sample of that in post. <laughs> Why did it not look good? The audio, the audio was just, just peaking. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah, that, that freight audio, train again. That yeah. audio was terrible and that's the best quality version of that commercial i could find i'll see how it sounds but maybe i'll put in another one you can turn down the volume at least well here let's pretend it never happened let's watch it again no Castlevania the Adventure for Nintendo's Game Boy. The maze of vampire clips and unearthly evils it is about to sink its fangs into you I love those old commercials. Better? Um, yeah, you'll notice that they made the game look really cool because they only showed about like three seconds of it. It seemed like a very fast-paced, uh, exciting game. But trust <laughs> me, it's not. All right, moving on. Uh, 2001, we saw Circle of the Moon. 2002, we started right now, by the way, we're starting a... Quite a, I believe there is one Castlevania game every year at least until 2008. So we're starting a, a bit of a, a run here. If you were a Castlevania fan, this is a good time to be alive. 2002 saw Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance. Gotta love that title. Harmony of Dissonance is set 50 years after Castlevania 2 and 44 years before Rondo of Blood. It follows Just Juiced. Does anybody know how to say that right? Juiced Belmont, who has been chosen to wield the legendary whip of the Belmont clan, the Vampire Killer, Master Swordsman I Maxim. I think it's Juiced. Juiced. I, I never said it out loud in my head. It was Justy. So. Justy. <laughs> I like Justy. Uh, I went with Juiced in my head, but I have no idea. I like Juiced because it. I, I, but I have no idea. Uh, Master Swordsman or- Maxim in an attempt to revive Dracula and kill him himself, ends up possessed by Dracula, and it's up to Justy to stop him. Um, And while we talk about that, I think I have the trailer to play under it. I'm going to take the audio out so we can talk. Let's just go with Just Belmont, because it's probably the least awkward pronunciation we could pick. (laughs) I think this is the right one. Is this the right one? See, at this point in 2002, I was starting to be able to find some trailers. And I tried to get more off the beaten path one. So I believe this is the Japanese one, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it's fun stuff. So now this is the one that is not regarded so highly. Uh, 
care to comment on that? Uh, yeah, I've I've heard I've Matt? heard that uh, I've heard that complaint, but I I've enjoyed the game. Uh, I thought the blue tint always around them was kind of weird, but uh, um, yeah, I dug it. So you give it a thumbs up? Yeah, give all these a thumbs up. Okay, except for except for the adventure and uh, legend. Yeah. Okay. The outline on the character is definitely odd, but like the little uh, kind of the echo effect of your shadows that follow you as you jump around, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this one I actually liked a lot more than I thought I was going to, given its reputation. It's still not the best in the trilogy. It's probably the least of the three, but I still enjoyed it a lot. It, I guess it was made in less than a year, apparently. I would I would assume so, yeah, because it came out not too long after uh, the Circle of the Moon. Yeah, and I guess the reason the audio is so, so terrible for the music is they had to sacrifice it a little bit for the graphical quality. Hmm. I'm not sure about that. I heard that in one of the reviews oh. I watched to refresh my memory. But that sounds like it could be the case. But yeah, the compositions yeah, are not necessarily bad, but... Weird the samples of like the actual like instrumentation and everything. It is awful. Mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> I do not know what they were thinking with that. I have to wonder if the title came before or after the music. <laughs> well, that's funny. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Fitnet, you give this one a thumbs up too then? Yeah. Kind of a, a kind of an eh. A middle thumb? Yeah. About. Like, I really enjoyed it, but there are a lot of problems. Okay. Like, yeah, the lineage from Simon's Quest is clear, and that it's not in terms of a slight. This oh. is the first time I'm not ragging on the game, just needlessly. But, uh... You gotta say it, uh, there. Nice. It, it, it was kind of odd that he didn't... He was the one that turned out not to be, like, related to Dracula at all, because of the white long hair and everything. Mm. I, I think he's yeah, the only pasty. one... Yeah, that's, like, Alucard-ish that did not mm -hmm. turn out to be related to Dracula in some way. But yeah, the the level designs in this definitely called back to the NES game a little bit in certain areas. And it was certainly not surprising for the obtuse middle entry in a console trilogy to be a sequel to Simon's Quest. Yeah, bizarre. <laughs> it's funny, though, that you brought up that it, it harkens back to that. I do have in my notes that there was less platforming in it than Circle of the Moon. Um, the Apparently, the, the developers put the emphasis more on difficult enemies rather than difficult platforming. Yeah, that sounds mm -hmm. like it could be right. Yeah. There were no secret rooms to speak of, yes. which is really weird. It says also less secret areas that left a lot of fans disappointed. Mm -hmm. I think there's like, there's like two or three, and they're all really weird. Like, I think... I. I don't, don't remember if it's Circle of the Moon or this one that had one that was hidden above a save room. Like, hmm. why would you look above a save room? Like, within the room, you have to jump up. Mm -hmm. Was it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> that is super weird. And yet, you know, like, I play, like, for instance, uh, Metroid. Like, uh, like, Metroid Dread. There's never secrets in save rooms, and I can't help but check every save room for yeah. <laughs> some sort of secret but it's very strange it is very odd for them to put a secret in a save room there there just isn't it doesn't happen yeah it's like let's take the most copy pasted room in the entire franchise and make a hidden room in it 
Mm-hmm. I think that happens a couple times, but this is the only entry that I'm aware of that actively discourages you from looking for secrets anywhere, mm-hmm. much less there. So it's really strange. Um, but, this uh, might be the uh, uh, byproduct of the short production time. Oh yeah, it makes sense. Like I have gripes, but I understand it. <laughs> Jeremy, where do you land? Did you play Harmony? I did, yeah. Uh, 200% completion on it. Um, oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, kind of have the same feeling as FitNet, you know, kind of a middling entry. I think there's uh, points of it that um, are a step forward, you know, I think graphically, uh, especially like some of the background um, aspects of the game, um, you know, are top notch. And, you know, again, amazed that this came out on the GBA um, just a year after the release of it. That just like blown away by uh, that fact, but um, things like the music, you know, it's the, it's the first Castlevania game that I've played that I um, really haven't enjoyed listening to the soundtrack. You know, typically I kind of like, you know, the soundtrack's pretty upbeat rocking, you know, um, good compositions and everything. And this one was kind of eh to me. Um, I think the weapon combo system was a, a bit of a step back from the DSS uh, combo system. Um in fact, uh, while I experimented with a lot of weapons, the one that I constantly used was, uh, again, the cross, um, the boomerang cross. I don't know what it's actually referred to within the world, but um, that along with, uh, I think it's the wind element where you have multiple weapons circling around you. And once I discovered that combination, that was basically like always activated as I was like backtracking through the game, which this game has a ton of backtracking um in it it even if you um uh, can decipher the obtuse hint that warps exist in the game yeah um, leave it to this game to again respecting the lineage of simon's quest yeah <laughs> make it the teleportation throughout the game to actually get through the castle hidden in one of the hint cards yeah, if you yeah. don't find and read that specific hint card, you don't know that you can teleport. Yeah, and, fatally, and, and again for Simon's Quest, it's by crouching. Yeah, yeah, and 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 worse than that, understand exactly what it's trying to tell you. Yeah, you know, it's, so <laughs> yeah, it's like you. Curtis looks absolutely baffled. So I, really, I am baffled. <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> because it's a sequel to Simon's Quest. Haven't you been listening? Anyway, I mean, in that respect, I, yeah, I guess they succeeded. Yeah, it, it makes I sense that, in how it doesn't, but <laughs> I think that but, was the most common common discussion thread within the Discord. Um, you know, talking about backtracking and teleportation. Yeah, yeah um, Dean was having a hell of a time, and then someone yeah. told him that, and it's like, oh my god, are you kidding? I think he did but, the uh, entire game without teleporting. Oh yeah, or, and or I can, like I can see how. Had yeah. I not read that on the Discord, I probably would have been the same pickle. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, to explain to Curtis, you have the regular teleport rooms that you do the initial teleportation and like you go through the door like you would expect to by pressing up but you can go back to those rooms at least most of them i think some of them look different and you can't do this but either way you go in the middle of the room and instead of pressing up you press down you crouch and it teleports you around like every other entry Mm -hmm. bonkers (laughs) yeah and you can only find that by what one of the hint cards i think it's hint card one but i don't think you find it first because and if you course, don't would find you? it, you can't do that? If you don't find it, you wouldn't know to. It doesn't But you, you can do it without yeah. finding it. Yeah. I think yeah. the only thing that actually pops up text-wise when you find the teleport rooms is, like, just comes out and says, the room looks slightly different than it did before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you never hear about anything again to do with the teleport rooms. 
so, least had a merchant. Fitnet, a useless were, merchant, but a merchant. You were thumbs middle on dissonance. Yeah, Jeremy. So I think you know, even what I said, all things considered, I'm going to say thumbs up on that one. Right. I think I think it's one one to play uh, through if you're a fan of uh, this type of gameplay. And Matt Bandy, I figured as much. Anybody got anything more to add on Harmony and Dissonance while we're here? I will, I will do a couple of very quick notes that I had written down. Go for I, it. The furniture. <laughs> Why? Like collecting all the furniture and furnishing uh, that room. That this one? Yeah. yeah, it's like, <laughs> why would you go around, furnish a room that is not yours in a castle that you then destroy? Mm-hmm. There is nothing that unlocks after you finish it, because I did it. And it just gets destroyed at the end when you beat yeah. the game. Baffling. So explain to this idiot over here the furniture thing. You collect furniture, huh? Yeah, most of the pickups that you wander around the game and find that are just hidden around the world that are at dead ends that aren't just elixirs or potions because every other dead end in this game leads to a potion or an elixir and nothing else is baffling. But uh, you find pieces of furniture and there's this room that you walk into that serves absolutely no purpose. It's just an empty room and just is like, huh, I might decorate. Why? <laughs> I don't know why he has a sudden proclivity for interior design <laughs> while hunting for Dracula, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have very uh, strong feelings about it but you delivered yeah. that with such gusto yeah <laughs> and, and more importantly you did it 100 percent. you yeah. filled that room with all the furniture yeah, <laughs> mostly because i was completely baffled on what to do next i'm like do i have to finish furnishing the room i guess i'll go do that i have no idea what else to do please and dracula no more furniture <laughs> i thought the ponchos in jedi fallen order were insulting as a reward Jesus. At least that changes your appearance. <laughs> but uh, the only other thing I felt worth mentioning, and this will come back up in Aria, is that the Sacred Fist sub-weapon with the, like, the many punches, and um, I don't remember like, what the vocalization he makes is, but that's a reference to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It has to be. Hmm. Anime reference. Gotcha. <sighs> yeah, I... I was going to mention the same thing about the uh, furniture room. Uh, didn't really understand the point of all that. And it's even funnier to think about when you, you realize he destroys the castle yeah. um, at the yeah. end. So, you know, all that for nothing. Um, yeah. The other other thing, um, I think this was the game where you're kind of just like moving along and then you just stumble onto the. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I think I'm thinking of Circle of the Moon. Um, this game, you did have a clear path to the final battle because you drop down into like a pit and then rise up never mind that's uh i was thinking of something else so the the reason for the uh, furniture if you do collect all the furniture it is a slight change in the ending really oh. mm -hmm. do you know what the slight change is spoiler yeah alert. instead of um what's her name lady lady like or instead lady. of her lying yeah instead of her laying down she's standing up like arm in arm with you holding you oh i was okay. hoping she'd be sitting in a chair like at a dining table you know mm -hmm. with a painting behind her or something it, is this the one too, where you have to... for all that what it sounds <laughs> like is this the one too because there's a lot of these games have like multiple endings and some of the to get the best ending it's it's kind of uh 
uh, cryptic. Uh, yeah. And I think th- is this the one where you have to have two of the rings or yeah. bracelets equipped? Yeah, certain you have bracelets to have, equipped or something. Yeah, you have to have Maxim's ring and whatever the hell else the other one is. Either way, the only thing I really remember about the ending is that like Just and Maxim just start arguing in front of Liddy for no reason at all. It's like this is the good ending. Why are you fighting? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, while I was thinking of a, a different game with the final boss, this is one where you have to be one in the correct castle, um, and then two have the correct things equipped before um, yes. going into the uh, final boss fight uh, to get the good ending. And so I got the bad ending, I think the worst ending, because I was in the wrong castle and I didn't have the rings equipped. Um, and then I went back and got the the good ending. I I can't even tell you what the differences were. I don't even remember yeah. what they were. <laughs> I awakened the memories of the final boss for Circle of the Moon for you. You were awakened that for me with Harmony Dissonance. <laughs> Sorry, Belmont, your freaking you. ending is in another castle. Jesus. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that annoyance. Yeah. The, just because I'm a cornball, the only other note I had for this is what a mild inconvenience to have a curse or poison. Because those status effects just... No pun intended with the just part. But either way, they last for so little time and do so little damage. I just mm-hmm. I just re- I just walked through it. Mm-hmm. I did not care at all. <laughs> yeah. this, this is the one with the poison knight enemy that shot like clouds of poison, right? Is this this one? I this think is the circle one. of the moon. Oh, okay. There's I, quite I a few. Knew, that's twice now that I've forgotten I've gotten them mixed up and I knew that was gonna happen during this. We played three Castlevania games for a while. We're gonna mix things up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah All right. Poison Knights, Jesus. Is that it for <laughs> Harmony yeah, I have of No more notes. I have no more notes. I'm sorry for dragging this out so long. Fitnet, <laughs> I want every single note you have. All right. We got time for every note. Don't leave anything out. I didn't. <laughs> Okay, good. Then moving on. 2003. We got Aria of Sorrow on the Game Boy Advance. Aria of Sorrow, easy for me to say, Aria of Sorrow takes place in 2035 and stars high school student Soma Cruz, who is accidentally transported to Castlevania and learns he has the ability to absorb monsters' souls. Who wants to take the lead on this one? Matt Bandy, you got to, you got to, ah, there we go. There three we for go. three. You got another. Uh, man, he's kind of a sad guy there. I am so. That's Soma, right? <laughs> yeah. A sad high Maybe school you. anime ass protagonist in Castlevania game. Shocker. Sorrow. Like, Sorrow never dies. Man, this is an anime ass Castlevania game. I think it's the first one that is really like that, other than the cinematics for Rondo. Oh, but, hey, we're we're, just, that. we're not there yet. Oh, Matt Bandy. This is both games. Huh? How are we not there yet? We just covered one of them, and we're on the other. <laughs> Wait, is it in my notes? Oh, yeah, put it away, Matt Bandy. Put it away. You can't we'll double back it. as a separate entry? Cheats. We're going through every single one. So Aria of Sorrow, which is the only one we're talking about right now, Matt Bandy. Uh, yes, I got a couple things. Uh, so uh, it's generally regarded as the best of the GBA games. Is that Would you, would you agree with that? <clears throat> Yeah, I'd say so. It's pretty much like the kind of... uh, Okay. Overall, yeah, it loses some things from the previous ones, but it gains a lot else. As Mm -hmm. the most similar movement to Symphony of the Night, probably, 
but you lose that forward dash is like the only positive thing we didn't mention from Harmony of Dissonance. That's right. It, the, the dash system was introduced. I forgot to mention that in Harmony of Dissonance. They take that out in this one? Just the forward dash. The like forward where you dash. can, yeah, like where you can oh. automatically from the start of the game do the back dash and a forward dash in addition. Oh. Which made exploration so much faster. Anyway, back yeah, to Aria. Mm-hmm. They take that out. And the back dash in this is a lot slower than the previous one. Like it was a lot harder to like just dash backwards through the castle like you would in Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, Matt Bandy, you want to give us your thoughts on Ari of Sorrow? You got any more elaborations? No, not really. That's you know, it, it, to me for that one, it kind of uh, you know took the ironed out um, the you know figured out the formula uh, yeah. for this one. I think. One thing I, I found interesting that maybe you guys can elaborate on, because, again, I wasn't uh, able to play this one, but uh, it introduces the – so this, the, each game's got its gimmick, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the system or whatever that it introduces. This one has the tactical soul system where you can equip souls for various abilities. Uh, what I found interesting about this is souls can be traded between Game Boy Advance systems. Oh, Like, thank like you. Pokemon, you can that. trade souls. You got you to catch them all. That's cool. Um, I can't imagine, like, who I would love to find. Who out there in Cartridge Club world, if anybody, do you know anyone who traded souls in Aria (laughs) of Sorrow? There you go. There you go. Fitnat, you strike me as someone who may have traded souls. No, I only just played this for this on the Advanced Collection. Man, you let me I barely traded Pokemon back in the day. What are you... (laughs) I would trade Pokemon just to myself, like, between two things to make sure that I got... That's a different story for a different day. Another franchise altogether. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is just a, it's just a, the, correct me if I'm wrong, the tactical soul system is just a, another play on the same thing, right? Yeah. Very yeah. similar Variations to Variations on a theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's done well. A mm-hmm. lot of souls to scroll through, especially if you're only using like three or four per slot. But it's a good variety. And of course, there's another JoJo's Bizarre Adventure reference with the soul that you get from Cognazzo. It where the demon spirit comes out from your back and just punches and does that aura 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 thing, hmm. weird vocal thing. But it's basically Star Platinum from Stardust Crusaders and JoJo. It's just a blatant reference. Interesting. What would what would we do without you pointing out these JoJo's Bizarre Adventure references? <laughs> I appreciate I'm the, it. These, I'm these the, the only one tidbits. that cares. These are the little tidbits people come yeah. to the Cartridge Club for. Yeah, you're welcome to like the three other weebs that are in the Cartridge Club. <laughs> that care about this <laughs> someone will appreciate that. Someone will appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and someone will appreciate that I went to Fist of the North Star before JoJo as well. But, <laughs> and that one of the swords, at least in the game, is a, apparently the sword from Berserk. Like uh, okay. As- Ascalon is the name i think i think there's one other that's called like the demon slayer blade but apparently that's a guts reference i did have to go to a wiki to find that out but i thought i'd mention it just while i was mentioning jojo but that's the final anime reference other than just tropes galore in this game well do you have more notes because to take it away fit be my guest well, you, you, you know just, what's going on i'm gonna sit back just to finish the anime corner that i have started only for my own sake is like it is very stereotypical anime plot. It's like going to the shrine with your childhood friend and then getting teleported to another world and then just all this nonsense 
comes out of it. And uh, Genya Arakado, who is totally not Alucard, is just very standard anime character character designs. Like they did that in general for this game, where it's like very much more anime styled for the portraits and everything. But yeah, it was just kind of amusing. It's like, wow, they went really hard on the anime stuff for this game. Like just very simple plots, including being a high school student. <laughs> Why do you think the uh, the shift to, to the anime style happened? I don't know because like they had a very consistent uh format for what the art style was going to be in the previous ones mm-hmm. i honestly can't think of why they would make the switch other than that's just kind of what most other games were doing do you but, like uh, the uh do you, do you, which style do you prefer i like both but it's like it feels a lot more typical when you're the anime style mm-hmm. the like more artistically rendered uh unique uh, ones from the previous games, like well, Circle of the Moon was kind of a little bit generic in terms of its uh, portraits. Dracula looked cool, but like it's kind of flatter. But it's a launch title, so but like Symphony of the Night is iconic, and Harmony did that as well. But it's like you get used to a certain style for the portraits and everything in these games, and then they suddenly switch it up. So yeah, it kind of landed on that for the most the rest of them, I think. So it sounds like. Thumbs up from Fitnant. Full anime thumbs up, yes. <laughs> oh, two thumbs up from Matt Vandy. Yeah, why not? Two f- I'll stop two talking about anime now, though. We can actually get to the actual video game. I could talk about the game a little bit. So yes. um, I'm coming at this from having played Dawn of Sorrow first. I played Dawn of Sorrow at release, um, you know, basically went through the DS trilogy uh, each as each game was released. So going back in time and kind of like understanding the beginnings of this um uh, of uh, you know the dawn of sorrow game um was pretty interesting i would say it's pretty similar um you know from what i recall it's been um a lot of years and a lot of beers since i played that game (laughs) but um the uh (laughs) the i I think the soul collection um aspect uh, is again another step forward in the whole like customization of these games um in that since there are so many, you can find so many that are immediately useful and um, that stay useful, um, but also like uh, find ones that have like different uses. Um, what I mean by that is like specifically attacking ones. Like I would constantly like be testing out different ones and using them rather than relying on a single like sub weapon plus element or DSS combo uh, like in the first two games. Um, so was, I thought that was use you was use more is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, I guess a more concise way of saying that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, th- you know, I thought that was um, uh, a good way to do things. Um, the weapon, uh, the weapon combination. So you have like uh, different types of attacks. You know, you have swords, great swords, spears, and fists. Uh, even a handgun. What's that? Yeah, the handgun was amusing, but they're just hammers. Hammers, yeah. Spears. Um, are all pretty cool. Um, uh, but you, you know, you mentioned Ascalon. Once you're able to afford that, I mean, it, it almost becomes the only weapon you, you would even use uh, up yeah. until you find like the claim Solace or whatever, however you say. Uh, I'm not sure. That. I think it's the third most powerful weapon in the game, apparently. I just yeah, noticed yeah. that on a wiki as I was yeah. browsing through, but I didn't really look too deep into that. Yeah. What? So that was what kind weapons? of a. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I was just going to – what weapons did you guys tend to use in these games? Did you stick – I would typically uh, – with the uh, Arya games, or not the uh, – yeah, with Arya and uh, Dawn of Sorrow, I would use, like, more of the, the slower, bigger swords compared, like, to the, the fast, uh, uh, short-range stuff. Yeah, um, I think in Dawn of Sorrow, I, I typically use something that was like a little bit more um, speedy or balanced, you know, like maybe a sword. And coming into this uh, game, I had thought I would do the same thing until I discovered Ascalon um, and, you know, something that was so easily obtained uh, early on in the game, you know, as soon as it becomes available uh, from Hammer. Um, but I basically just used that for the entirety of, of the game um, just because, you know, it was so powerful and had such a uh, big hit, like, um, box and to fairly, it. fairly fast relative to the other, like, the other, like, horizontal strike uh, swords, like, that do have that verticality a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're almost, like, nerfing yourself not using it, you know, when, yeah, it's it, like, when it becomes available. Yeah, I generally stuck to, like, long swords, pretty generic, but effective. Just fast forbid you use a whip. I used the whip <laughs> for a while. I, I did too, actually. Yeah. Yeah, like the whip sword or whatever. Whip sword, that's the one. Either yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, I switched to Ascalon as soon as I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same here. Yes. And then Claim Solace, I, I can't I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but once you get that, that was one, a sword I mean, too, right? What's that? Was that the sword a sword that had a higher soul drop, right? Is that what it was? There's a um, ring for that, I think. Okay. The uh, I have no idea what the ring was called, but I'm God not knows sure. To get. It's basically like Ascalon. It has like the same you know range and everything. It's uh, I think maybe even a little faster, and it has like a white outline around it. Mm. I don't know. Okay, but um, it's a little bit more powerful than that. So, like you know, of course, it's always a choice what what you want to use and everything. But like I said, I feel like you're kind of like you know nerfing yourself. Um, like unnecessarily by not you know using that when it becomes available so yeah i'm with you on using more abilities in this game than the other two as well just because there's such a good variety you get the this is kind of an unfortunate title for an ability but the peeping eye it helps for tracking down the secret doors and well secret the secrets and walls and other stuff like that so i kept that on most of the time while i was initially exploring the castle just to find all the secrets and by the end, you just end up using Mimic and the gold ring to get as much gold as possible as so you can get the 300,000 gold to get that stupid soul ring, which I found out after I just, I threw my hands up and I looked up a strategy for it. It's like, what the hell do I do to get this much freaking gold? And you take the Mimic, the one where you get gold for taking damage, and um, you just go to the clock tower, you find a save room right next to some spikes, Try not to die while standing on spikes. Go back, save, go back out. Try not to die standing on spikes. Repeat. Interesting. Until you have a ton of money. Interesting. And then you can actually get some of these damn souls that don't drop ever again prior to that. Ah, <laughs> oh, the grinding. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's a that's an aspect of it that I just kind of like you know just didn't do. Like I I wasn't gonna get all the souls. Um, I think if I had played this at release like I did with Dawn of Sorrow. I probably would have like maxed out the souls like I did in that game, but you know, being um, you know, 
for almost 40 years old and having a kid and everything. I'm like, ah, I, I just can't do it. These it's days. a lot to do. It's, <laughs> it's a lot. A lot to do. Yeah. I could see myself going back for some of the souls. If I had just like needed something to do and I just wanted to throw a podcast on and grind, I could see myself going and doing that. But, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if we want to spoil the big twist in this game from however many years ago it came out, but, uh, do it. Just it do nice, it. It was nice getting like tune out now, if you care, but, uh, <laughs> It was nice getting the Dracula abilities once that happens. Like, you get, I don't remember which uh, souls, <clears throat> but like when you get the three fireballs, that's kind of nice to be able to use that yourself mm-hmm. after a while. Like, all these games, and you've, I, you, you probably got that ability in other games, and I don't remember any of them because this is the first one I played where you ed- actually did get that, where you throw it like the Dracula boss fight. But, uh, the last notes I had on the ending, other than um, the Julius Belmont fight and the like, final ca- round of chaos bosses, I think they very much pulled from that. Uh, Koji Igarashi did for Bloodstained for the spiritual successor a couple years ago. Mm. Yeah, it's like I very much remember uh, whatever like character that David Hayter ended up voicing. He, his boss fight is basically exactly the Julius Belmont fight. I think. Which was, in in Bloodstained, which one's that? Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. No, uh, which the, which boss fight? Uh, what is the like samurai character that David Hayter voiced in the English dub? Oh goodness. Okay, why did I ask? Either way, people love know, will know who that That's is. Great. Yeah, but like the he's very red. Anyway, okay. just the background and the way you fight him. It reminded me a lot of that when I fought Julius Belmont. Yeah. And the final like string of chaos bosses, if you get that ending. I think they pulled it for a couple other p- places in Bloodstained as well. Like referencing back to those boss fights. There's probably a ton of references in Bloodstained that I missed. And if I replay that soon, maybe not soon, because this is a lot of Castlevania to get through. But uh, <laughs> but uh, when I play that again, because I will play it again, but uh, it would be nice to like notice more stuff that I missed. But um, I had a couple just things that amused me in the final ending like when you get like the good ending like you beat Graham with the specific set of souls equipped Graham was generic as hell moving on but uh, <laughs> uh, but like when Mina starts talking to you like through the power of friendship like calls you from the beginning of the map and it's like hey everyone has a message for you <laughs> Tell, telling you you can do it and it's like this is so odd and it's like he immediately says like does that mean everyone knows i'm dracula and it's like well if they didn't before they do now <laughs> like like why would you start with that but then like um i didn't mention yoko but like the other character that popped up she starts her message with good morning and i just found that hilarious because she had been passed out for half the game basically and like she had just woken up before all this end fight stuff happens. Like, good morning, how are you? It's like, <laughs> okay, we don't know what time it is, but you're stuck in an eclipse. It's probably not even been a full evening in the storyline of this game. But uh, that just tickled me for some reason. Anyway, all right. Is that all we have to say about the Game Boy Advance? It's uh, sorry, all I have to say. I didn't well, skip a single go. note. <laughs> Other than it's nice that Mina didn't get kidnapped like the other characters in most of these. Like, she was just stranded with you at the beginning of the map. Right. Like, and other than just being stuck in the castle, 
not really inconvenienced all that much. Yeah. Okay, now I'm done. <laughs> so <laughs> check off the last note. <laughs> I love it. I, I have uh, one more note. I think this is the game where you kind of stumble onto what could be the final boss, you know, if you go into it without the correct like combination of souls equipped or, or something. I, I can't recall exactly what it is, but mm-hmm. basically you're just moving through the map and then all of a sudden you encounter, you know, what could be the final boss. And once you beat him, then you get, you know, the worst ending and everything. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I had no idea I was stumbling into that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you had to collect the ancient books, all three of them. Mm-hmm. To find that. But it, the final combination was, I think, Flame Demon, Black Panther, and Succubus. Yeah, yeah. So I, I originally wasn't going to do that. Um, and, you know, uh, going back to my comment about age and children, it's not, you know, um, necessarily because, uh, you know, of other commitments is because I have a stack of other games that I want to get to get through. So originally I wasn't going to come back to this and try to like beat it the right way or anything. Cause I just wanted to move on and play something else. Cause time is such a premium and everything. Um, but uh, I did eventually go back and do the chaos realm uh, and all that stuff to experience the good ending and you know beat it the right way. <laughs> yeah, I just generally look up what the good ending requirements are if I get the bad ending because it's like, why bother? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I did with Harmony of Dissonance. I, I uh, um, learned that it had multiple endings. I was like, okay, well, how do you get the the best one? Okay, let's let's beat it again. Yeah. Actually, I'll have one final note that covers all three games, but it's a very Please. quick note. Just for myself with colorblindness, like just red, green, colorblindness, those maps all suck. Like <laughs> Every single map, especially that. when you get the multiple maps in circle, like it overlays the colors. I'm like, where the hell do I go? Like, what so really color can't is what? See. I could, I but tell. I had to figure it out. Like, the yeah. one, like, the second castle is like, is it green and yellow is the teleport doors? I can't tell the teleport doors from the rest of the map at that point. It's it's similar shades is the major issue. Yeah, yeah. It's like if it's really close, it's impossible to tell. And Aria didn't have that, but it did make the door signs, like like the transitions between areas in the map, impossible to see. Yeah. Like impossible to see where a door is. I cannot imagine trying to see where the doors were in the map on a Game Boy Advance. Maddening. <laughs> wow. I had on a 55-inch TV, and I couldn't see where the doors were. Ugh. I can't Crazy. even imagine. Yeah, seriously. You, you, know, I could, making through. you know, I could see that happening. You could see not seeing it happen? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. I'll, <laughs> I'll pipe in some more uh, some uh, some laughter. You know, I could see that. Happening. You'd think by now we'd be done with all the Game Boy Advance games, but you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong because in 2004, oh. the Castlevania NES series came out for the oh. Game Boy Advance and mobile. Oh, he's got it. Dang it. He's got it, Matt. No, oh. you put that double pack down, Matt Bandy. You put that double pack right. down. You got the Castlevania NES series, which is just a uh let me make you solo which is just a port of the original nes game however there is one notable difference that i think uh, sets it apart from the original and that is Uh, i guess is it on is it the fact that it's portable so you can technically talk about it on this podcast uh well there's that but there's also (laughs) one other thing but very good guess it is the addition 
of a save feature. Mm. And that is huge to me. Um, with that game, same thing with Mar Super Mario Brothers 3, um, which I like can't stand that there's no save feature on the NES one. So I welcome any save feature. I think that is really cool. But I don't want to get bogged down talking about the ports of like the console games. I just wanted to mention that 2004 that came out. Moving into 2005, we got Castlevania Dawn of Sorrow, which is the direct sequel to Aria of Sorrow taking place in 2036. You want to play once again play as Soma Cruz. I'm getting to you, Mad Manny, who has to fend off the attacks of a vicious cult seeking to awaken the dark power of Dracula hidden inside Soma. All right, now you can show it, Mad Manny. Okay. Don't worry, I didn't play this, so I have no anime notes. That's okay. So uh, you'll notice that Dawn of Sorrow has is is the DS title. Oh, yeah. No. Remember how the DS would have a bunch of games that had like D and S in like the subtitle. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, given I didn't know that bad, either. But given, uh, but what, when I read about that, given all my bad puns, you'd think I'd have noticed that, but I didn't. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. And right now, I'm gonna. I got another another little treat for you guys. I think this is really fun. So, uh, while we're talking about this, really quick, I'm gonna play uh, a trailer for it. Now, this trailer comes from an exclusive Nintendo Power preview disc, August 2005. If you're wondering, uh, so it's a trailer made specifically for that. You could only get it if you got the August 2005 edition of Nintendo Power. It came with like a special disc. I believe I have it somewhere, uh, but let's check that out. Um, I don't have the audio uh, playing, but um, well, maybe I'll, let's see. Tell me if this is too loud for you guys. I'm trying to keep the uh, audio decent. So um, I guess while this is playing, I'll just uh, mention a couple other things. Uh, this also has the tactical control system in it that the other one had. It also introduces the magical fuel system, which uses the touch screen, uh, which you see in the video. It's hard to hear uh, you over the video. Okay. I mean, you can just mute the video and keep talking. There we go. Uh, <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work, people. Wow, this takes me back. I, I haven't. I don't think I've seen this game since uh, its release. That's uh, such a good game. There's always anyway, pendulums, right. aren't there? <laughs> it looks good. But I was saying, yeah. um, this one introduces a magical seal system, which you see in the trailer here. Him drawing on the screen. You don't see it really utilized well, but. Um, you, you draw seals to defeat enemies, which again is, you know, Nintendo's always working their gimmick into, especially these early DS games. Um, so that's how that incorporates it in. Uh, there's also a multi, I, this is really cool. Uh, it also includes a multiplayer versus mode where one player creates a section of the castle, uh, excuse me, complete with enemies and both players race to defeat the enemies and reach the end of the level, uh, which what a strange addition to any Castlevania game, but such a neat, neat little oh, thing. Cool you know, they were pushing the, the Wi-Fi connection um, and stuff back then, and and being able to to do more uh, 
interconnectivity things, having two DSs while one person might only have the game, you know, Mario Kart, you could play Mario Kart with your friends that each have in DSs and stuff, stuff like that. Um, just really fun. I, I love these little weird things that they add in. Jeremy? So we'd have Mario Kart DS parties, but uh, sadly never got to experience that um, connectivity with Dawn of Sorrow. You didn't You didn't do the uh, multiplayer versus multiplayer? You didn't trade no. any souls? Because I believe no. you might be able to trade souls. Yes, players are also able to trade souls again. You didn't do that? I don't I don't recall. No, I don't I don't think I did. So this was my first um, experience with uh, Metroidvania games. I played this before Symphony of the Night. In fact, I played all three of the DS games before Symphony of the Night. So I kind of went backwards on that. Um, but, you know, like I, like I've mentioned before, it was what, 15 years ago? Is that about right? So it's kind of hard to remember specifics of it. But I do remember that I enjoyed it a lot. And it <laughs> was what kind of started me um, on this path of like obsessing over metroidvania games um and anytime i got a hold of one like you know playing the heck out of it yeah i well i really hope they do a see i don't know if they can can they do a ds trilogy like they did on like this on the switch or the ps4 because they got the this one would be hard to do that because it's it relies heavily on that uh, gimmick yeah yeah and actually uh, this this was the first um for me as well uh first uh, metroidvania castlevania game that i played i picked this up uh wow. probably i think when it launched um and so i played this first and then went back and played the gbas afterwards uh but yeah this actually this is a this is a great game but it's probably my least favorite of the ds ones because of that damn ceiling thing it's mm -hmm. so annoying. Like mm -hmm. I would, it, you would finish the boss and then in order to finish it, you got to remember this stupid little pattern thing. And I would have the, the, uh, uh, the stylus sticking out of my, my mouth, kind of like, uh, uh, Ray from Ghostbusters or, uh, who's where, where, where it's just, yeah. where it's like yeah. hanging there. Yeah. Hanging there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, well, I'm doing the boss fight, and then I have to go. Oh, I screwed it up, and I gotta keep fighting. I, I freaking hate that. Yeah. I they hope just, when they that is like such a shoehorn that gimmick in just because there was mm -hmm. like, you know the the Nintendo mm -hmm. gimmick. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hope when I hope they do this anyway. But I hope when in probably two or three years, that's the rate that these ports seem to be coming out the collections. I hope when they do the DS trilogy, they just take that out, or at least give you the option to turn it that off. That could be done. Yeah, because they're yeah. pretty standard cool the games Other than that, what's cool? It's cool because the DS. Because I mean, you do have the the dual screen. You can see other you know stats and stuff uh, without having to go to the pause menu like in the the G, uh, the GBA ones. But yeah, the the stylus is just oh, it sucks. I, I was going to say good use of uh, dual screen, you know, maps, stats on, on one screen, bad use of yeah. it, uh, touch screen glyphs or whatever, you know, yeah. seals yeah. or whatever they're called in yeah. that game. The same <laughs> thing with like Wii U games, like they add the map onto the touch, the gamepad, but it's like, it's such a minor trade-off to lose that and not have to have a second screen. Like it was fun mm -hmm. at the time, but it's like at, at the end of the day, you just go, I can just hit select or whatever button it is to go to the map. It's not that hard. <laughs> um, let me see. I think that's all I got about uh, Donna Sorrow. Thumbs up on Donna Sorrow? It's, it's still a thumbs up for me, uh, even with the uh, 
the stylist. I didn't Dungeon play it. I want to. No, I oh, don't okay. know. I don't know yeah. if I'll wait for them to port it. I might just emulate it because it's super expensive now. But I might. They're all super expensive. They're they all are apps. crazy. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad to have Portrait, but <laughs> I'm not buying the other two anytime soon. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of Portrait, why don't we talk about that? And uh, while we start talking about that, got a got another little trailer for you. Now this, I believe, is just a regular trailer that they showed it whatever for Portrait of Ruin. So um, again, so this is the second game of like the the DS trilogy, right? And uh, uh, much like Harmony of Dissonance, this was another like weird, way too late sequel. Um, Portrait of Ruin is actually a sequel to the Sega Genesis game, Castlevania Bloodlines. Like what? You play as both Jonathan. Say that again. I didn't know that. Yeah. You play as both Jonathan, the son of the Bloodlines hero, John Morris, or as Charlotte, the descendant of the Belnades clan. I don't know. I'm probably butchering it. Belnades. Belnades, known for their magical prowess. Uh, The story sees vampire artist Browner, uh, has revived Dracula's castle in order to bring ruin to the world, and it is up to Jonathan and Charlotte to stop him. They must enter the world inside various portraits and defeat the evils within. Uh, this is, of course, another Metroidvania game. It utilized Nintendo's Wi-Fi connection and offered co-op mode and shop mode, which as of 2014 has been discontinued. Uh, you guys played Portrait of Ruin, Jeremy? Oh yeah, yep, hundred uh, percent completion on this uh, as well. I'd, I'd say it's probably my uh, favorite um, of all, all six of these, uh, you know, Metroidvania games that we've been. Well, I guess we haven't talked about Order of Ecclesia yeah. yet, but yeah, favorite one. This is your Same favorite. Here. Oh yeah, wow, really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What yeah, sets easily. this apart from the others? Uh, well, I, I think I just like really like the exploration of it. So it's got you know a lot of the same elements as, as the other one, the leveling up system, hit points, uh, you know, different. I, I think it has different weapons. It's been a while since I've played it, but yeah, I think it, the exploration. Is, oh, on the whip, which I like because it's you know kind of classic uh, Castlevania. Yeah, well, it certainly um, looks great. I mean, look at this video here, man. I love the the style of it. Yeah. yeah. So the exploration part of it, I think, is what uh, kind of really sets it apart. You can kind of see in the video here, but you step into, from what I recall, you step into like paintings or something. It teleports mm-hmm. you to different um, areas, uh, different locations and stuff. So it's like getting you out of the castle dungeon theme and into different things. So I don't know. It's pretty. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it offers some some variation. Yeah, because you're going into the paintings things, which obviously I was I saw a lot of people make comparisons to uh, Mario sixty four with the the paintings. Oh yeah, going into them. Yeah. But yeah, it offers yeah, uh, so. you know not the, the same old underground and castle and library and tower and blah, 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 all that jazz. Yeah, I, I think jazz. it's kind of a culmination of all the like um, development of all these games and stuff. Like you know, I think it really just like comes together uh, really and well. You- in this title. You can play as uh, two characters too, and you can switch on the fly, which is which is cool. We, we switch oh, between the I didn't realize you Jonathan, could switch. That's great. Both intentionally yeah, and unintentionally. Jonathan and, and Charlotte. So there's. Yep, I can oh, show oh, one oh. too. Finally. <laughs> oh wait! Hold on! Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. And then, oh, everybody, pull I out their portrait room. <laughs> I, I can't. Mine's too far away. 
That's okay. We all believe you, Jeremy. <laughs> so we're, we're getting a Twitter photo after this. Uh, after this yeah. podcast, <laughs> Just kidding. thumbs up on the portrait of ruin. Big thumbs I, up yep. is what I'm hearing for sure. I've only played an hour, but thumbs up so far. Okay, good to know. I might continue playing it despite beating three Castlevanias last month. <laughs> That's impressive. I'm really, I want to just take a moment to say thank you for playing all. Th- that's really cool that you did all three in, in the month. That's, uh, that's no easy feat. Mm. So, yeah, I usually don't do like consecutive entries in a franchise, but that just hooked me for some reason. It was the right yeah. series at the right time, just the right vibe. I just mm-hmm. went through all three of them with no problems. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got Circle of the Moon back in January and I was actually going to take some time off from it because I knew it was like the last couple of these types of games that I had to play. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, March came around and it was game of the month. So, I said, okay, well, I guess we got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, people in 2006 might have felt the same way because 2006 was a hell of a year for Castlevania because not only did we get Portrait of Ruin, you also got, now wait for it. Wait for it. What else did we get in 2006, Matt Bandy? I, I don't know. Which one is it? The one you've this been wanting to show forever. Well, I don't know. The double pack. The double pack. Yes, we finally got the double pack, which was the last uh, Game Boy Advance Castlevania game released. Now, this is great because not only you get Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow. Um, now, did you know there was some minor differences? So no, there was, I didn't know that. Several items, Matt Bandy, were removed from Harmony of Dissonance, um, and no magic mode was removed from Harmony of Dissonance. So I don't really know what that means. I'm, I'm assuming there's a mode where you can't use magic. It's just uh, attacks and stuff. They took that out. So is it a better better thing to get that or the uh, the two separately? Yeah, probably because that's a great that's a great deal. You get them both in one. Um, just word, word of caution that. That game, I don't know why it is heavily, heavily bootlegged. Um, hmm. Most of the copy, if you look for a copy on uh, on eBay, it's there's a ton of bootleg copies of the uh, cartridge. Really? I don't know why, but yeah. Thankfully, there's an even better deal now with the advanced collection having come out. But Curtis probably won't count that as a portable unless against the Switch, as a completely unique release. Totally. We'll no talk about that when we get there. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I don't have much more to say about that. Just just a cool thing that came out in 2006. I also want to mention quickly, 2001 to 2005 saw various ports of the original Castlevania to mobile systems. But, you know, we talked about the one that came out on the uh, on the Game Boy Advance. And then also the last thing that came out in 2006 on mobile phones, you got a port of Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, which I don't know who would want to play Dracula 3 on a mobile phone. That seems in 2006, no less, seems like it would be the most difficult thing ever, but interesting that it came out. And it was a faithful adaptation with the exception of the inclusion of an easy mode, which I have to imagine was added because how else would you play that on a phone? Can you imagine? That game is hard enough as it is from what I hear. And you're trying to play it on a mobile phone? Like, what are you playing on in 2006? A Motorola Razor? How the hell would that work? Like... Seriously, well, you, you could take uh, Order of Shadows for reference. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring that up, Fitness. Just what I thought you were going to skip it. Oh, what a segue coming from Fitness. This guy's a pro. This guy's a pro. Because in 2007, we got Order of Shadows on mobile phones. Now, this is a this one is a weird one. You guys know about this one? 
I might be the only one. <laughs> okay, and I've actually well, played it. Not recently. I didn't bother, but I remember well, it. This is the I'm gonna play the trailer right now and wait till you get a load of this. This game. I, check it out. The story takes place during the late 1600s. A, a recently formed group of self-proclaimed followers of the Dark Lord, known as the Order, seek power by aligning themselves with the Dark Spirits. For this end, they wish to resurrect Count Dracula, hoping to receive and exchange greater power in eternal life. It's up to three members of the Belmont clan, Desmond, Zoe, and Dolores, to stop them. Uh, special note, Order of Shadows is considered to be a side story to the official canon and therefore is not part of uh, the official chronology. Uh, the gameplay, as we can see, is more traditional Castlevania with some Metroid and uh, Metroidvania elements included, such as gaining experience points and leveling up. There is a total of five stages that you have to suffer through to uh, play this game. And this was the best video I could find for it. I think that I looks better than the phone? I think that there might be actually multiple versions of this game because I remember it looking so much worse than that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's probably, you know, this is probably an official thing, but you can see they, they you know, square it down so it's a smaller thing. Yeah. Um, it looks choppy as all hell. And uh, and yeah, and the, the vertical, like, like that's such an old phone yeah. thing. The, the vertical screen, uh, you know, it's like longer than it is yeah horizontal i'm i'm but once again i'm kind of hypnotized by it i don't know <laughs> that might be big. actually with the vertical gameplay that might be the only way in this which this was ahead of its time <laughs> like <laughs> vertical gameplay on a phone it's just so terrible looking i don't know if the video yeah okay i have to step away for a few minutes i'll be back see look at this is what order of shadows does does the people? Oof. That's a lot of stuff on the screen there. No slowdown. Yeah, I'm actually pretty surprised by that because there's like frame drops uh, just in regular walking. You guys ever heard of it? No, no first time seeing that's, it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've never never seen or heard of it. Yeah, I'm gonna I gotta say for its time, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, it looks like a bad game, you know, but it doesn't look like as bad as uh, I would imagine it you know, looking if you just described it to me. And yeah, we can, you know, crap on it all day, but it is kind of cool that it exists. You know, it's just another one of those things that it, it's it's a little bit before it's time, you know? Um, if I would have seen that if, when I was uh, 10 years old, I would have lost my mind. You 10 years old? Phone? <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. Eat? Okay, smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and I, I bet it's not riddled with microtransactions. Very true. Very true. It's it's probably actually a game that you can play and not um you don't have to buy your way through or no, anything. Oh, we just saw the ending. Don't even need to play oh, it now. Great. Nice. Spoilers. So anyway, that's uh Castlevania Order of Shadows. But I'm gonna try and keep this thing moving because we're starting to to get behind schedule. 2007. <clears throat> Sorry, Fitnet. Uh, 2007 saw Castlevania The Dracula X Chronicles released on the PSP. It includes a 3D remake of Rondo of Blood and also includes Symphony of the Night, which I believe is the first, unless you count the Tiger handheld and uh, the game, the canceled Gamecom game. I think it's the first time Symphony of the Night was on a portable. Uh, it's it's not a good port either. It's, it's like a scaled down 
size like it doesn't fill out the uh, psp screen and that was yeah. a part of the reason why why i bought that and then i was really disappointed yeah i i, I bless you that was uh what I would have wanted to get it for. And I probably would have pulled the trigger, but I remember you saying that and I was like, Oh, well then I don't, I don't want to get it for that reason. Um, why it's fun to mention on here. Cause there's some differences. Uh, there's new cutscenes and voice acting, um, in symphony of the night. Oh, sorry. In, uh, in the Rondo of blood to match symphony of the night. So whatever was in Sym symphony of the night, they, they try to match that. Um, in, and this is all Rondo of blood stuff. I believe, uh, the stage design is shuffled. Uh, for instance, certain candles drop different items, nothing big, but, um, you know, some smaller stuff. Some of the backgrounds have been changed. The soundtrack's been remixed. Uh, there is a unique boss in stage five, uh, Hydra that was not seen in other versions. And overall, the difficulty has been decreased, um, overall, but some parts have been increased. Um, including the battle with Dracula at the end. So they've kind of fudged with the uh, the difficulty on that. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for Castlevania X Chronicle, I believe it's collectible. Uh, these are some things that I didn't know that I that I thought I should pass along to, to you guys. And Matt Bandy, I mean, do you think it's worth getting the Dracula X Chronicles? No, I don't. That, which is exactly why I just... Uh... I would have been uh, holding up a copy, but I, I sold mine maybe two weeks ago. There you yeah. go. I'm back. I had to catch up on what game we were on, but uh, I have it, and I played it for <laughs> about half an hour today, and I also echo the do not bother with this. The yeah, that's about Now, did you know that, like, was today the first time you, you had popped it in? No, it's the first time in years, but I wanted to revisit it. I gave it the best possible chance. I got the component cables out. I hooked it up to a RetroTink 5X. I tried to mess with the aspect ratio to get it to fill the screen as much as I could, and no. But it was just Rondo of Blood, the 3D remake. The That is just the same game with all the color and charm removed. It is just yeah. indistinct brown. Like, not quite fully brown, like not Call of Duty Modern Warfare brown, but it just... Man. It, they just put extra cinematic stuff in there and extra dialogue and the transition points just totally unnecessary. Just like go play the original, which I'm sure, which is why people bought this game is to get the original version. Right. Yeah. So I, I had a copy of that um, and it got stolen and I just never got around to repurchasing it. <laughs> yeah. You in the middle? It's Castlevania. Oh, if, I see. If you must collect Castlevania games like across the board, it's interesting. It's a novelty. But if you just want to play Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night, get the Requiem Collection because it is exactly this, but with the 3D remake removed and in 4K. If you have 4K cable PlayStation. Because I think it's only on PS4. Either way. Also, Sacrilege. They took out the the great original dub of symphony of the night you can only get a new translation no miserable spirals no miserable pile of secrets in this version hmm. not that i could find you can play it in japanese which i don't know was available before which is kind of interesting but hey either way it's symphony of the night you miss out on probably the most delightful part of it which is that english dialogue original stuff but man yeah 
Well, there you go. I think that's our first kind of like real avoidance. Yeah. Uh, as far as the portables uh, of the main, main stuff. Yeah. To but, be fair, I suck at both versions, but that just was not enjoyable version of yeah. getting my ass kicked versus the original. Uh, well, did things turn around the next year in 2008 when Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, Ecclesia? Ecclesia was released on the DS, the final DS uh, mainline Castlevania game? And uh, while we talk about this, why don't I play a little, little trailer for you? Uh, who's got something to say about Order of Ecclesia? This was the last one that I played and finished. I, I had started it a few times, and for some reason, I just never never finished it. But I, I went back to it uh, recently, maybe a few years ago, and, and completed it. And it's it's a lot of fun too. Kind of you know the same formula, uh, but uh, you play as a female protagonist. And uh, it's uh, more of kind of a culty vibe with it, uh, but you have a an ability where you kind of like you you suck their soul from them. It's 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 called the absorb it into your body. Yeah, yeah, it's called the glyph system. The glyph, yeah, where you're able to absorb the powers found in glyphs found throughout the castle and within enemies. These glyphs give her magical weapons and abilities and consume her magic meter, which automatically replenishes itself over time. She can equip a glyph in her right hand, her left hand, and on her back, marking a return to the two-handed weapon style only seen in Symphony of the Night. Yeah, that's right. You can dual, dual wield. That's fun, too. I remember it being. It started off kind of hard, too. Uh, the difficulty was, uh, was there from the start, I think. But, yeah, this is a fun one. It's my second favorite of the uh, DS games. Yeah, this looks really good. I don't have it, unfortunately. That might be another one I have to pirate unless they port it in a couple of years. But uh, I'll totally buy the ports regardless of whether I pirate it or not. It just comes down to mood. But I think from the looks of that glyph system, they might have used that again in Bloodstain as well. Or at least something similar. Hmm. Jeremy, did you uh, ever play this one? Yeah, uh, I think it's the only one on the DS that I haven't gotten like 100% uh completion on i think there's some kind of like very difficult optional content on it um kind of like what bandy was saying the game is probably the hardest of um of the three on the yeah. ds but I, I, it's been a long time like i said but i seem to recall some type of optional content that was overly difficult and um just couldn't couldn't finish it uh couldn't finish that part of it um could be wrong though does that sound familiar at all, Bandy? What? what uh, like, the, is there like some optional areas or something to go through? Oh, jeez. Like almost like a I don't know. battle arena. Okay. That's that's my memory of it. I remember enjoying it. Um, you know, not as much as Portrait of Ruin, but uh, there was a, a I portion. Think this of one's it. a little. This one's a little bit more, maybe linear um if i remember correctly there's like a overworld map system maybe and okay. uh you go from like village to village uh or you're not so much in one central like castle i think there's like multiple castles on multiple levels and i think there might be like one central hub too but we're uh is this the one where you you save the kids uh, or people that are kidnapped 
Um, I might be thinking of Portion and Ruins. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So that was a little bit different about this game, too. Yeah. So thumbs up on Order of Ecclesia. Yeah, for sure. Thumbs up all along. Uh, okay. This next one. Um, oh, oh, let's get Matt Bandy on there. Oh. Give it to us. Go. I'm looking forward to playing that one in some form for sure. All right. And that ends the uh, the run of games from I think what was it 2001 to 2008. Nice nice little run of games. Uh, so Castlevania took a year off after 2008, but came back came roaring back in 2010 with Can you believe it? The first ever Castlevania puzzle game. You guys aware of this one? Is it a puzzle fighter? This is Castlevania that? Puzzle Encore of the Night. Came to the iOS uh, no. in 2010 uh -oh. and uh, Windows in 2011. Let's check out the trailer for Castlevania Puzzle Encore of the Night. I was so, afraid you were going to talk about another one, but I think we'll get there anyway. But this oh, one we'll I missed. There. We'll get there. So Castlevania Puzzle Encore of the Night is a puzzle game for mobile devices, part of the Castlevania series, developed and published by Konami, initially released on the iPhone. Wow, I'm just copying and pasting and reading right now. Uh, the game is mainly a drop pizzas puzzle game, although combined with role-playing elements, the player is presented with a different path options throughout the course of the game to explore Castlevania and fight enemies and, and versus puzzle matches. It counts uh, with an inventory system where the player can equip different items, such as weapons, armor, and relics, grant a variety of boosts and powers as well as powerful spells they can use in battle in addition it has an experience system that allows the player to level up gaining with this points they can allocate them to different stats in order to, cu to customize their character the game was initially released for four dollars and 99 cents in the u.s but due to poor sales it quickly dropped to its price to 99 cents it was eventually removed from the ios app store sometime before october 2016 and is no longer available for purchase. That's too bad. So, um, yeah, I hope you got in your playing of Castlevania Puzzle Encore of the Night because uh, it ain't there no more. Nobody played that one? And if yeah. you didn't play it, you could probably just play Columns or Puyo Puyo because that's what it looks like. <laughs> that is exactly what it looked like. But interesting, you know, Castlevania jumping into yeah. the puzzle. I believe that's mm -hmm. the only puzzle game Castlevania ever did. Correct me if I'm wrong, Internet. But uh, Castlevania specific, like... There's Castlevania stuff in like uh, Konami Picross, which is still available, I think. Right, right, right. Um, well, that really put a, a, a damper on the Castlevania franchise for a while because they took a, a three-year hiatus, storming back in 2013 with Castlevania Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate on the uh, 3DS. I'm getting out my notes. <laughs> Uh-oh, Fitnath's got notes. So this is uh, it's the second Castlevania game to utilize 3D. The perspective is in 3D, but the movement has a 2D confinement in most areas. It utilizes a combat system similar to its predecessor, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, which came out on PS3? PS2? And 360, yeah. And 360, PS3 and yeah. 360. There you go. Uh, but focuses more on explor exploration than the original game did, presenting itself as a traditional Metroidvania title as opposed to the linear self-contained level levels of Lords of Shadow. 
Uh, the game features four playable characters who will fight Dracula in his castle in different time periods. The game starts 26 years after the original Lords of Shadow game with Simon Belmont, who is on a quest to avenge the death of his father, Trevor, at the hands of Dracula, unaware that the vampire is his own grandfather, Gabriel Belmont. Spoiler alert, maybe? I don't know. Later parts of the game will feature the newly awakened vampire Alucard and a flashback chapter where the player controls Trevor on his doomed journey. Gabriel Belmont is also playable for a short tutorial prologue set before the events of the original Lords of Shadow. The events of the game include subtle hints that weave into the storyline of Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2. So, interesting. Fitnet, you, you got something to say? I only played a half an hour of it today on the 360 version. So I, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt that it might get better later, but just woof. It was, it's very much like the original Lords of Shadow. Probably cheaper to make because I don't think Robert Carlyle provided, provided, provided any voiceover for that one. So probably lowered the budget a bit. Anyway, uh, but <laughs> it kind of just felt like it was trying to be God of War so much that it forgot to be Castlevania. Yeah. It yeah. was so tedious in the way it just stopped you like at least in the tutorial portions stop you every 10 seconds to be like here is a health refill here is a magic refill and gave you 10 seconds to figure out just whoa slow down i don't want to have to figure out how to press r or r1 too quickly to refill my health or magic whoa slow down well i certainly never hear uh too many great things about this game Uh, either of you gentlemen jeremy or matt you played this I don't no. play this one. No, yeah. Any desire? Uh, when I found, when I saw that it was like a, the 2.5 or kind of 3D, that was a, kind of a turn off for me. Yeah, yeah. What systems are is it on? It's on, on the 3DS. 3DS. That's it. Oh, 3DS. But yeah. there are HD ports on um, HD uh, ports on 360, probably PS3, and well, you get it on PC now still. Well, okay. there's the first Lords of Shadow. Mirrors of Fate is 3DS exclusive. No, no, no. They made a HD version. Like they, oh, did kind they? Of, kind of similar to Batman Arkham Origins Blackgate. Like that came out on Vita and 3DS right. and later on consoles with like slightly better textures and stuff like that. Gotcha. That's how I okay. played it on 360. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I've played the first Lords of Shadow for quite a while, so this is very similar to that, but without the Shadow Shadow of the Colossus boss fights, as far as I'm concerned, as I'm aware. So again, I only played a half an hour. It was a bit of a tedious half an hour, but I'll give it the benefit that I might go back and play it more, just to see if it gets better. But yeah. I can kind of understand what people meant at the time, like when they were complaining about games like Uncharted that had like the dedicated, you can only jump here to climb things, like the glowing little grab mm-hmm. points, stuff like that. This like game, yeah, like those games, I don't mind, but in this one, it just very much felt like okay. After playing three, four other Castlevanias, if you count Dracula X Chronicles, but uh, three other Castlevanias, like this, just it didn't feel like a Castlevania game because it would just stop you constantly. It's like I know how to play a video game. Let me play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was like yeah, insult- insulting levels of explaining to you. So thumbs in the middle, thumbs down, Fitnet. For now, thumbs down, but I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I only played half an hour. I got through the first boss fight, and I was trying to kind of rush just to get some in to have some experience to talk about it on here. But not a great first impression. Don't know how it stacks out overall. 
it's Mercury Steam, so either they got way better later, or it's better than I'm giving it credit for. Either way. Well, you out there in Cartridge Club world, hit the Discord. If you've played it, tell us what you think. We want to know. Is it worth playing? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? Let us know. Well, that apparently put another stake in the Castlevania franchise. That was a dumb joke. Uh, For a few years. Because we moved from 2013 to 2019, and this is the last uh, original mobile or portable uh, Castlevania game that has been released. Original Um, might be stretching it if you're talking about what I think you're talking about. (laughs) And that is, in 2019, Castlevania Grimoire of Souls came to iOS and Android. Why do you say uh, it's it's the stretch... Call it original. I, I'm just kind of being a little glib about a mobile game, but it. I only played very little of it, but it just like you play as That's Alucard and probably other various characters. It just kind of like felt like a mashup with mobile controls. I don't want to pay for Apple Arcade to play more of it, but it just kind of seemed very typical of mobile game fare. Gotcha. Did I? I thought I had a trailer for this. Oh, it might be better I than I, I think. Oh, I guess I don't have a trailer for this one. I stand corrected. Um, well, let me give you some factoids on it while I throw a picture up on the screen. The original version of the game was released on smartphones, uh, in 2019, exclusively in Canada and was discontinued in 2020. Hmm? I just made a Canadian joke because I'm the only one here. Eh? (laughs) Hey, uh, the version implemented a use of in-game currency and microtransactions. In August uh, 2021, Konami announced the game would become an iOS and everything uh, Apple subscription. Um, in September, this re-release implement, implements a number of changes over the original game, such as revised layouts, improved graphics and 3D models, re- removal of the power system since the game is no longer free. Uh, the plot of this classic is uh, after receiving a letter from Lucy Westenra, Aricado ventures to the Elgos building. Oh my gosh. There Lucy addresses him on the grimoires, magic books that contain information on all the past events of Castlevania, which are overflowing with dark power and beyond their control, hence needing the help of Aricado to restore order on them. Then with appropriate magic created by Elgos, Aricado must enter the grimoires and defeat the monsters inscribed into them for the dark power to dissipate, mainly the core monsters, which have the control over the grimoires. So this actually plays more like a classic Castlevania style uh, rather than a Metroidvania. Ish. Hmm? Ish. Ish. Yeah. And uh, it does have some role-playing elements with experience points and all that. Um, But but for the most part, it doesn't have the Metroidvania style, from what I understand. No, not from what I remember playing. I played very little of it. It It is exclusive to Apple Arcade now, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. But so it doesn't have the microtransactions in it anymore, but it feels very much like a game that you play to earn currencies to unlock things. Yeah. It does it's not very compelling on its own right from what I played of it. The movement is a little awkward, so it's like I don't remember if there's like an auto movement or auto attack or some kind of thing. It was just awkward. So I yeah. didn't play it much. Well, there you go. Castlevania kinda went out with a wet fart. Uh, when it came to portables, a couple things I'll, I'll mention. Other uh, is 
technically these count as portable games, uh, although they are not original. In 2019, the Switch saw the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, which was uh, most of the original Castlevania games, including Kid Dracula, and then the uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, Castlevania The Adventure, and Belmont's Revenge for the Game Boy. Um, 2020, Castlevania Symphony of the Night came to iOS and Android. Again, why you would want to play it on your phone, that's I would never want to do that. And then in 2021, the Castlevania Advance Collection came to the Switch, which brings us to today. And those are all the portable Castlevania games that were ever released. Woo! We did it. We did it in just over two hours. Goodness gracious. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Can you believe it? Nice work. I can't believe some of those ones you brought up. Yeah. <laughs> the Tiger Handhelds and the Watch. It's crazy. I mean, it's uh, been, been through a lot. I'm yeah. going to ask you guys. Normally, I do the three questions of Doom uh, being Cartridge Club Portable. But since we were talking about a, a multitude of games, I'm going to ask you instead to give me your top three portable Castlevania games. You can do them in order or you can do them in no specific order. That's <laughs> up to you. Um, I will give you a moment as I will give you my top three. As I have only played, I think, three uh i'm gonna say number one circle of the moon for me number two kid dracula number three belmont's revenge on the game boy i am looking to play more i really want to try out those ds ones that you guys were talking about is it portrait of ruin that's yeah the, that's the big one i want to track down portrait of ruin and play that but those are my top three who wants to go next why don't we go fitnet this will be extremely easy because I only played the Advanced Trilogy to completion. I'm there not going to put Portrait Ruin on there yet because uh, I've only played an hour of it, but it seems good. Either way, I can very easily say Aria of Sorrow followed closely behind by Circle and then Harmony of Dissonance. There are things that are better in Harmony than in Circle, but the, the overall games, that's how it shakes out. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, so I'm just going to be really boring uh, and say Dawn of Sorrow. Well, not in order, but Dawn of Sorrow, Portrait of Ruin, Order of Ecclesia are my three favorite, <laughs> the three DS ones. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, order would probably be Portrait of Ruin, Order of Ecclesia, and Dawn of Sorrow, if I just throw off the top of my head. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Matt Bandy, you're up. Okay. We'll go top three. We'll go Portrait of Ruin, Aria Sorrow. And Belmont's Revenge. So you get one one of each system. Belmont's Revenge ranks that high for you, huh? I am oh, the yeah, only but, one I mean, that ranked no. Harmony of Sorrow anywhere. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's higher than the other games, but I'll give you a variety. That's what you want to play. One for each system. Okay. I, I dig it. I dig it. Nice. Very good. There was a couple things that we asked the uh, Cartridge Club that I found interesting. Had a couple polls that uh, we'll talk about really quick. Uh, one of the polls, I asked everyone, which style of Castlevania game do you prefer? Do you prefer the classic style or the Metroidvania style? And a whopping 70% preferred the Metroidvania style. 30% preferred the classic style. Uh, where, where do we land? Matt? That You know, that's a tough call for me because I think of them as almost completely two separate uh, game franchises. Like yeah. the classic series on the Nintendo and the Metroidvania, because like 
uh, gameplay is completely different, but aesthetic and atmosphere and feel, it feels like a Castlevania game, but they're completely different. So yeah. I, it's, it's so hard for me to pick because I love that's, you know, I grew up with the, uh, the original series. That's, that's when I fell in love with it. So it is really hard because I love the exploration of the Metroidvania. I love all the, the customization, all the different weapons and uh, yeah, it's completely different. So it's like kind of comparing uh, apples and apples or apples and orange. Which one is it? I don't know. Apple, red like apples and green apples. And Fitnat's like, oh, go. I don't even, they looked all like apples to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite so I don't know. that. It's really hard. Bad, but still, <laughs> good effort on the color blind. I can't, I can't pick. Jeremy? Jeremy, can you pick? Yeah, so uh, I agree with what uh, Bandy's saying, but in that poll, I voted, voted Metroidvania. Um, uh, they're the only Castlevania games that I really enjoy playing. So, yeah. um, and kind of going back to the beginning of this podcast when you had mentioned them being easy or easier, that's probably why I enjoy them because they, they yeah. are a little bit easier, just a little bit more fun to you know kind of uh, relax and uh, play for me. So, yeah, I agree with Matt. They are very much a different experience. But I'd go Vania, uh, Metroidvania, because they they're a lot more chill. The Challenge seems much more approachable in them. Not to say it's like a pushover game, but like you feel like you can do it and you're not constantly sent back to like a game over screen just without being able to go back to exactly where you were. Yeah. So it's a different experience. If you really want a hardcore challenge, you have those uh, original games and they're great for that. The only one I finished is Super Castlevania 4, which is probably the easiest one, but it's super fun. It's like, but if I'm going to go for a Castlevania title, it's probably going to be one of the Metroidvanias, just because it's you can kind of just sink into it and zone out for the grinding portions, and like just for the bigger sections, it's a lot just more consistently fun. You're not yeah. beating your head against a wall quite as much. There is that portion near the end of each game where you like, where the hell do I go? And it sucks for a while there until you figure out where you go next. There's always one portion of the game where you're like, where now? But <laughs> Other than that, there's very little like keeping you from enjoyment. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Well, this next poll, I asked which handheld games uh, have the best Castlevania games. So, or which handheld has the best Castlevania games? You had the choice between the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance, and the DS. <laughs> this was th now. This was interesting. The Game Boy Advance won with fifty eight percent. The DS got second. <clears throat> with 42% and the Game Boy got third with 0%. <laughs> wow. And this was surprising to you. Why? <laughs> I guess that's, I, I, I'm just surprised no one voted for the Game Boy, you know, <laughs> no, no love for the Game Boy. Nostalgia can only go so far. What can you do? Kid, Kid Dracula, Kid Dracula. Come on. It's good. You, right. anyway. You're picking the one that people didn't play because it wasn't released here. <laughs> <laughs> Kid Dracula was released here. It was it just yeah. was never. It wasn't released on the NES. Oh right, okay. Yeah, that that's <laughs> me wrong. Okay, I don't think um, many people still played it though. But good on you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So anyway, thank you so much for coming along on this journey. What a crazy ride it's been. I, I, I forget to even count. Let's say there was about like 25 games. That's nuts. A lot, lot of portable Castlevania. 
options out there for you to play. Maybe you've played some, maybe you learned about some you want to play. Maybe you found out you wanted to play some and you can't because they don't exist anymore. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Uh, or they're extremely I, expensive. <laughs> or they're extremely expensive, you know? Hey, um, I would love to tell you what's coming up in the Cartridge Club, but no one told me the secrets of what's coming up. So all I know is that right now, in the month of April, they're playing The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, which is a great game, and you guys should all play that. I personally am waiting for them to release that on the Switch, um, to the, the HD one that was on the uh, Wii U, because I've never played that game. I would love to yeah. play that game, but you I don't have any everyone else. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the deal, Nintendo? Give us the Wind Waker and the Twilight Princess. I think I have an extra copy for the Wii if you want it. I don't have a Wii anymore. I don't have a Wii U. I don't have a GameCube anymore. I have no way to play Twilight Princess. I'm, I, I put all my eggs in the Switch basket. It has to come to the Switch now. That's it. I mean, I think there's another method that I might also be utilizing for the other two DS games that you could go for that one. All right. Well, we'll talk, you know, off the camera. <laughs> it's... It, it's on Nintendo to actually release the damn things. <laughs> yes, it is. You heard it here, Nintendo. I know you watch the Cartridge Club. I know you watch. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm not going to keep you guys any longer because we've been here long enough. And I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening. And I want to thank my guests, Fitnat, Jeremy3EB, and Matt Bandy for coming along on the ride and, and uh, chatting some Castlevania. So thank you, guys. No, no problem. It was fun. Sorry for getting a little negative on a couple of those last ones, and I might have gotten a little loud unintentionally, but hey, I enjoyed most of the games we talked about that I played. <laughs> I fixed it in posts. Yeah, lower the well, volume a little. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next month. Until next time, CC Unite. <laughs> Does anybody do that anymore? They still do that, right? You just did. On Twitter? <laughs> I, hashtag? I do whatever I want. You know, that's the way it rolls. I won the entire podcast without making a joke about this being my first episode not on a Mario game. <laughs> <laughs>